It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. We went from nasty to Nas, from Nas to Escobar to back in studio. Hello, bitches. Hi, my name is is Luke. You might not be bitches at all. My name is Luke Thomas. This is Brian Campbell. And this is Morning Combat. I don't know what number it is. 200 something. How about just number one? Just number one, I mean, number one know. in our hearts. We have a lot to get to. We have Makachev Green. We have some Bryce Mitchell reaction. We have some boxing this we're, week. We're going to spin that old bitch. If you we're going to spin the wheel of death. We're going to do fan subs. Hey, we got a lot to do, bitches. Uh, yeah, it, there's, so, there's a magic in the air, Luke, when you take you, me, and this Delta and, Eight and this Delta Eight infested set here in Jersey City. Uh, this is where we make the magic. So uh, great to be back here with the staff, Luke. Great to not have COVID this time. We'll give it to anybody. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, can you believe? Actually, I don't know if this is true, but I've never tested positive for COVID. Do you think I've actually never had it, or that I just did, I got it and didn't know it? Are you asking for my? I'm asking for Dr. Campbell, Bryce Mitchell's Dr. Campbell from the Naugatuck School of Bedpan Technology. Yeah, where you yeah. got your MD. <sighs> did I not get it, or did I get it and not know it? I would say you got it. You never had it, Luke. I'm going to go with got it and didn't know it because it's too, too. I don't believe that. But who gives a fuck? No one really cares about it. People anything. don't come here for your politics, dude. They don't, don't come here for my COVID. They takes. come here for our good time feels. And Luke, this week. Okay, we'll be here today, Wednesday. We'll be here Friday. We'll actually be here for a lot of stuff that people will see yes. down the road as we bank a lot of fantastically great content. We're also going to be covering Bellator weigh-in, Showtime Championship. But we're going we're to be doing a lot of stuff here, Luke. You know, if they've got jobs, we'll turn that camera on. We'll cash their checks. So this should be a profitable, productive couple days here, Luke. Okay. Very lucrative, uh, very yeah. Ferengi-like to say that. So you can see there, Showtime.com. 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can go do something else. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up, hit subscribe, all that kind of stuff. If you're listening on a podcast platform, whatever it may be, give us a nice review there. How good is our set, Luke? I, I, it's new. This is our second time. Well, why don't you tell the here. folks what we did right before the show went live? Uh, you know, f- remember we complained about some things that we ordered that didn't get uh, picked up and collected mostly everything Luke wanted for his side, but we have the the beginning of a library over Luke's shoulder here of uh, of books he would have actually chosen to read, and then over my shoulder, Luke, new vinyl. I mean, we're you know we're real, Luke. I don't know if 
<laughs> is this where, uh, this is uh, the local factory where I live, and it's yes. where the local rapes and murders take uh, place. That factory uh, has since been uh, uh, blown up, but uh, that was where they re re filmed the end of uh, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, a little bit of Naugatuck, Connecticut trivia there. Well, but that Luke tells you, like, hey, we need some place in America, but it's actually a dystopian future <laughs> where aliens have ransacked. <laughs> well, actually, BC's hometown <laughs> still looks like that. Bro, I've but lost, over your I've shoulder. lost so much weight that my neck has turned into a... Uh, well, I'm a pencil neck geek now. All right. I wasn't, Look at I wasn't this fat neck geek web before. scream approved. Just they say Fridays are for art, Luke. Now every day in this set because of one Christos Christophoros of of Italy. I don't know if they can see the books I put on here either. Are you? Wow, you just gonna no sell? Uh, no, no, no. Those are great, but I mean, you, they showed your they showed your shelves. They can't show mine. No, can't see shit over the there. The set is busy. Uh, all right. Well, I think they're we recording. I think they're recording their own podcast. There's a couple of books. There's Nozick's Invariances. There's uh, little John Keats poems. That's not mine. That's just old books. You can go up. That's that old book bullshit. And then there's a couple over there. Oh, it's Thomas Piketty's Capitalism and then Theory and Relativity. So, um, like you vaping on air to prove that you're hard or something is no, this just, I'm just to prove addicted that to nicotine is, <laughs> is this just to prove that you're educated those are all books those are my favorite books that i've maybe ever read that's why they're on that list um, do you think if more of our fan base would be willing to read them maybe join some type of mk book club that that january 6th will never happen again Actually, yes. I can right. civilize these right. fucking feral animals. Uh, Luke, we people, you know, they don't like to watch the beginning of our shows. They try to fast forward through. Apparently, you know, I, I think it's our best stuff. Which is our worst stuff. It's with just bullshit. We have fun. We we uh, we shout out our sponsors. We we showcase uh, gifts and awards. We did. Uh, in fact, this got sent to my house, and I you know I put it up because I just wanted to see how it looked on the shelf. But it wasn't for my home. It's for this home, oh. and BC gets the chance hey, to Hey, get, get me a key grip. Get me somebody very valuable to bring this shit in. Hey, hey, Phil, remember? You, you remember That's Phil. right, Phil. I like women dead and or alive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Phil, can we bring you in a little bit more? I don't know if people can see this guy, Phil, right here, one of the key members of Malcolm. He's Peter the guy in the back of the Morning bus. Combat. Now, you now know Phil, we, since we outed you as a, as a cougar lover, did what did did your DMs fill because of the uh, the rub you got Non-stop. on the show? Okay, okay. It's been right. never ending. He likes some high, he likes some low, Luke. All right. You're as high as a giraffe pussy <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. All right, Luke. This, as we said, is what hard work um, looks like. Dedication. The World MMA Awards. The people are like, how big is the victory lap for MK here? I mean, I we, how many times can we rub it in people's yeah. faces? Uh, the stand was always a little warm. Do you hold it right here, Luke? I don't really yeah. Uh, there you go, BC. Oh, Show wow. the folks here. Look at I want to read off. it first. 13th Annual Fighters Only World MMA Awards Best MMA Programming. So, Luke, uh, this isn't the only award we're going to put in this new studio, by the way. More? Well, we're trying to win more. I don't know if you've been to oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. sportspodcastawards.com, but we're still fighting off the competition there. But, again, shout-out to Fighters Only, the MMA uh, the World MMA Awards for having this, but shout out to you, MK viewer. Finally, this trophy has come home to the bomb shelter, the the Orchids of Combat. Luke, we haven't given the new set a new name. Um. The Winner Circle? <laughs> yeah, right? You know, it's just a dick in a box, right? <laughs> 
Go back to Naugatuck yeah. and get whatever uh, diseases that got Mary Curie. Uh, yeah, all right. Going. All right, Phil, can we get Phil back in here? This thing is just not going to stay in because it never does. There you go. <laughs> Thank you to Fighters Only for sending that along, and thanks to everyone else who voted for us. Again, sportspodcastawards.com is oh, the latest one. talk about one of our partners. That we are up against. So Sports Podcast Awards, this is where they usually have the lower third, Corey. But I guess we don't have one. There it is. Sportspodcastawards.com. Go ahead and give us a vote if you haven't already. I hear, uh, I hear, I hear Hawani's knocking on our door. He might be. He might be. I, the, the, if you're coming on, right? You know? BC, I want to talk about our, our next partner. They have a product I use every day, including today. I start with Athletic Greens because I want better gut health, more energy, and I don't like taking pills. We like it, Luke, because at the end of the day, it doesn't taste healthy. And let's be honest, you want to be healthy. You got the black liver. Your back is a mess. But nobody wants to actually taste healthy. Well, this has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning, Luke. When I pour that glass of water and I put in the powder and I stir it up, that's how I start Just a my hint day. of sweetness, by the way. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced whole food superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Yeah, absolutely. And this special blend of ingredients, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging, Luke. And, you know, if we can do anything to not look 43 and washed. Well, I can't put all that responsibility on Athletic Greens to not look like a pathetic old piece of shit. However, what I can say is it's very easy and convenient to take. I can take it when there are days when I'm off or when I'm working, BC. It's Makes so no convenient, in fact, that I'll probably start to travel with it, Luke, on my way to cashing giant checks. <laughs> it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while still tasting good. You know what I like best about it? The price. It costs less, great, great commando reference I made right there, by the way. Uh, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. And look, it, it's cheaper than that cold brew habit you got, you old, you old, uh, BC, taking Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. If you're wondering what others think of this, well, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup with water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And Luke, uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give away a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D for all of us new customers here through Morning Combat and five free travel packs upon your first purchase. So how about that deal? All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash morningcombat and uh, tell them BC sent you. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash morningcombat. Do not tell them BC sent you to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That, uh, is, an easy, that is a workaround. That's an easy way to supplement your... Your health, really. I mean, it's great. It's a, it's a no-lose situation is the yeah. way I like to describe it. The only thing you'll lose is weight. That's right. And then you'll have a neck like mine. And then you look at my uh, wedding ring. I had to put this on so it stays on. 
Isn't that weird? My, my, I lost so much weight that my wedding ring was coming off when I was washing the dishes, and uh, I could just shake your, it off. Your hands do look Andre the Giant size compared to mine. Uh, well, they're thinner now, and I've got this uh, skin condition. But, <laughs> wow, um, wow. But, I mean, a lot of people are wondering, yeah. like, you know, what will happen first? Will we outlive the show? Will the show outlive us? We're on pace. No, I'm, I'm on verge to die in six months, even with this uh, special situation. All right, BC, you ready to get this going? Yeah, how many minutes do we spend doing that? Uh, Fifteen, too many. All right, let's get this show. going if we can. Topic number one. We start with weekend storylines. Uh, I believe I'm on this camera. Yes, there we go. UFC Fight Night, Makachev versus Green. Of course, that is going to be UFC Vegas 49. And in your main event, late replacement, it was supposed to be Benil Dariush. It's going to, of course, be Bobby Green taking on Islam Makachev. There are some other interesting fights on the yes. card, BC, but all eyes are on Green coming in here on short notice against a guy who is presumed to be, if not the next champion, Easily the next title contender. BC, my question for you about Bobby Green is, can he get it done? How doable actually is this? Well, the odds are against him, and you want to know, well, how much are the odds against him? I mean, our friends at DraftKings, I think, have it minus 900, the favorite Mahachev, and then obviously, you know, he's, he's over 1,000 on some other books. Um, when you consider the run Mahachev is on, the, the what is it, nine-fight unbeaten streak, the whole idea that we could be watching, I don't want to say the next fa or the next Habib, but excuse me, if somebody looks like they could be the next Habib with Habib in their corner, it's certainly this guy. All of those things are stacked up against Bobby Green, except Luke for how he's wired and how he's made. And I wanted to be direct and, and deliberate with this when we reviewed, uh, when this news first came out, and, and I sort of said, look, this, this is daring to be great right here. Is it daring to be crazy? Well, it is a little bit, but I think there's a major difference between what Bobby Green's trying to do here and what guys in the past have done to, to just sort of say, F it, I'll turn around on short notice, I'll be a company man, I want that paycheck, whatever. I think there's larger stakes in this for Bobby. Bobby. I mean, you know, he was not even considered in contendership, even with stopping Ally Quinto two, two fights ago. But then he comes out and does that against Nasrat Hakparast. How about that, right? Yes. All right. And now suddenly we're like, is he a sneaky top 10 contender? Oh, how about you fight the number one contender? The guy that maybe in a different world would have already fought for the title. The stakes are so high that I have so much respect for why Bobby Green is doing it. Knowing at 35, Luke, can he create his own Jorge Masvidal 2019? Mm -hmm. Can he sort of maximize what makes him great in a short window and go all in on it? I have to say, Luke, he is giving himself a fighting chance. So does he have a chance? You know, what? how big are the odds against him? They are large against him, especially the style matchup. That, you know, first and foremost, maybe the style matchup. But Bobby Green thrives when he's, when he's talking some shit, Luke. And, 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 and I say that because, you know, guys have talked shit and not been successful, but when you get Bobby Green wired in like he is right now and this level focused and operating on this high level skill set, and you throw in that flavor of him being dangerous and, 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 and just going for it, if it was somebody else, Luke, I would be, um, I'd be a little, I'd count him out a lot more. I think Bobby Green has enough of a wild card into this moment that it's worth the risk, certainly. But I think you can't properly calibrate just looking skill for skill at the moment because this guy is riding a momentum surge. Is that surge as large as the wave that Masvidal created? Like, I don't think so, Luke. But sometimes you ride the hot hand. Look at the NFL playoffs. How many teams come in 10 and 6 and then suddenly they're making a run to the Super Bowl? 
I think his chances increase greatly based on all of those circumstances that opened the door on 10 days' notice for him to take this fight. It's interesting. Caesar Sportsbook has this fight with the odds of uh, Islam Makachev at minus 800, Bobby Green plus 550. That would make it by far the biggest disparity of any fight on the card. In fact, all of them are pretty competitive. No, not hardly anyone. I don't think anyone else outside of minus or plus 300 along that way, which given the circumstance, you mentioned top contender, late notice. Like, What can you really expect from Bobby Green in this circumstance? The other thing to think about here is, BC, I agree with you that like a defensive Bobby Green is, I'm not going to call it worthless, but that's not going to win him this fight. He's got to do what he does. But, but so is a reckless Bobby Green, which that's right. we've seen at times. I mean, look, what, what, was, sure. he, what was he like 1-6-1 one, and one over an eight-fight span like not too long ago? Like, Something like that. Like yeah. he's had some ups and downs, but it's, it's just a different dude now, Luke. It is a different dude. Here's the thing I would point out, though. The one other thing to consider about this is twofold. It's positive and negative. On the negative side, a reality about Bobby Green is it's not just that he has to beat this very difficult fighter on short notice. Beating against Makachev, even if he had had a full camp, would be far and away his best win. He doesn't have as good as Bobby Green's resume is, and as much as he's given very good guys tough fights, in terms of the Ws he's got, this would represent by far the very best one among them. And so, for that reason, having a natural bit of skepticism about his chances, I think, is pretty important. On the other hand, on the other hand, BC, we have seen plenty of times where guys come in on short notice and they really disrupt, if not sometimes always win, at a bare minimum, really disrupt what we thought about Makachev. Right. This is actually, for Makachev, yes, it's an easy fight in the sense that you're getting a guy who didn't prepare for you on the shortest of nearly possible notices, but and you're widely expected to win. But if you win and you don't dominate, it undercuts all this narrative about inevitability. It's kind of, a, I would say, semi-risky for him to do it I this mean, way. I it, mean, it, it's kind of like when Habib had to end up fighting Ally Aquinta instead of Connor or Holloway or Ferguson, whoever they could have plugged in there in that last minute. And, you know, he looked great, but there was some holes down the stretch, and we were suddenly like, well, is Habib as great as we thought he was? Like, there's, there's not a lot for Mahachev to win here outside of the title shot, but you could argue if he just sits out, he's already earned that title shot. You could argue he already should have gotten it. And I want to make sure people realize, because people love taking things out of contest when we say stuff, and we're not saying bet the house on Bobby Green. We're not saying I love his chances. We're just saying these are the best possible chances. 10-day turnaround, Mahachev not preparing for him necessarily, Green having this game where you're like, I used to know where his ceiling at is at, now I'm not sure, and it could be a wide fluctuation given the moment. Um, so you got to come in there guns blazing, but you do have to come in there smart. And I think that's been the difference of late in this Bobby Graham. I mean, you broke him down on extra credit, but this two-fight win streak just looks different. And it's it's not without flavor in the Bobby Green touch added on, but it's it's just done at a much more efficient and smart level across the board. It's not reckless, and that's the difference. Right. There are these guys, we've talked about them many times, these guys who – who are good and respected. Jorge Masvidal was, Jorge, no one inside MMA ever thought Jorge Masvidal was a bad fighter or, you know, lacked a really lopsided skill set, had this, but not really any of that. He's always been respected and well-rounded, but he was in the trenches and just couldn't escape. Same thing with Nate Diaz. He was in these trenches and he couldn't escape. And so what ended up happening was you had these moments, these inspired moments where you get lucky in the case of Nate Diaz, you get this short notice replacement fight against Conor McGregor. In the case of Jorge Masvidal going to the, the mouth of the lion's den and beating Darren Till in London in the main event, right, having to swim upstream. Here's another case where Bobby Green is having to swim upstream, but it just sort of goes to show you get these guys, sometimes in this 155-170 zone, 
who are in their early to mid-30s who have been good, not great, but mm -hmm. good, but then you can see all of a sudden when you think they're aging out, they're actually about to peak. And I, I think got Bobby Green might be headed there. Jan Blahovic, right? Not as, extreme yeah. toward, not as extreme toward like the journey. Well, maybe he was. Early on, Blahovic was pretty much a journeyman, right? He was 50-50 uh, er, yeah. early on. Early on and yeah. so it, it's great to see this. We celebrate guys maxing out in, in, in these key moments where they still have enough of their physical prime to match to where their experience and their knowledge has met. But you got to admit, this makes this fight, which was already going to be awesome with Benio Darius, and it was an important one, but this makes this fight feel not bigger, but just different and very interesting. You know, you got to see what happens. Because um, the reason why it's this interesting Imagine a world Sunday where Bobby Green just secured a shot at the UFC lightweight title. I mean, that'd be crazy. Considering this division, if, if he knocks out Makachev, does he get a title shot? Dude, if he wins in any way that's not an outright like steal or corruption, I th he has to get the title shot. And I wouldn't normally advocate for that. But look at that type of leap and the chance he's making. That's why it's like, dude, it's worth the gamble. But he's taking a big gamble. He's taking a big, and I know people say, okay, he's not supposed to win. If he goes in there and doesn't win, who cares? He'll still get, you know, rewarded by the UFC, whatever. I don't think it's about that this time. This is about, I have this small opening here at 35 to try to show how great I can be. And sometimes, Luke, guys never get to that point of even showing it through injury or through just bad luck in a fight. You know, they get a bad decision or whatever. Like, some guys don't even get to that point. He could cut the line. You go and be, you be Machev at this point. Dude, you're cutting the line in because it's a human interest story now, Luke. Am I too romanticized right now and emotional for you? Um, no, you're not too emotional. Like, am I making you uncomfortable at all? No, no, I think, I think you're basically right. I just, um, I do, I am curious to see what happens if Bobby Green overturns the apple cart. Oh, Phil, Does you got coffee? actually get a title shot. Oh, you got more coffee there? Yes, sir. Hey, could Corey talk more? <laughs> Remember they used to have the the the, uh, the control room like back there. There's nothing there. like hearing yourself talk and then hearing a quiet mumble that just yeah. never stops. It just never yeah. stops. Sorry, Corey, we love you. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, I'm bro, to, I know you're doing your job. He's like, I'm, I'm trying to direct this. Listen, badge. Corey, you have to let me be a shithead Thank and unfair. That's what I'm good at. It's what I'm. Hey, good how about all this the screen time Phil's getting? Could you see him as a future Doc character? Are you alive? Let's fuck. My name's Phil. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. I'm just being an HR violation. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, BC, yeah. also on this card in your co-main, Misha Serkinov taking on Wellington Terman. All right. Can I ask you a question? Don't ask me a question about this. I'm try. You know, I, I did my due diligence, and I know these guys' game, and I know why they're fighting each other. But like, I can't get worked up for this fight at all. No, me under any circumstances. Misha Serkinov's middleweight debut was his last fight, and. I didn't quite see the point of going to 185 for him. He was strong at 205. It's 20 pounds less. You think, wow, if you're strong at 205, it'll carry over really well to 185. But it didn't really seem to show up in the last fight. This should not. I hope this doesn't end up staying the co-main event. Not that it really matters in the end. It's not like co-main event gives you something that you put on your resume. But you look at Armin Sarukian, like that's the co-main right. event. So the that, one that that's I care, the fight. The, the best fight on this card by a mile is going to be Armenia slash Russia's Armin Saryukian taking on Spain's uh, Joel or Joel Alvarez. Well, he pronounces it Joel. Daddy so, Janky? Yeah, Daddy, uh, my wife would say Daddy Janky. Do you know, the, the, the people need to know the amount of Latin American related culture texts that you send me. Like, you know what I mean? This is fine. Dude, he, but like okay, you, he you claimed, he claimed, which I can believe at first, at first I can believe, 
He claimed he had never heard the Daddy Yankee song, Dura. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've never heard it. But I guarantee if you've ever been in any kind of place where they're playing that kind of music, you've heard it. It's the one that goes, On a Dura, cruise ship? Dura, 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 da 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 Ashley, ever heard Dura? Okay. Yeah, but Ashley's... Suck all the dicks. Her favorite movie. suck all the dicks. I mean, you almost hurt our guy here. Sorry. Come on. Sorry, guy. Yeah. Oh, wow, that would... Yeah, there's some tip on tip. Anyway, so he yeah. gets mad when I text him. I'm like, don't you remember we were talking about that? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or you're about. like, yo, this is playing in my house all day, and it's some YouTube link. You think I'm going to click on that YouTube link? Yes, you think I it's do. even possible, Luke? Sirkinov versus Terman, it just seems like well, this is one of those, these guys, they owe these guys fights. They are kind of where they are in their contract. They put them a little bit higher. I'm not sure why on the fight I'm just card. not, I'm not, like, I'm not attracted to see either one at this moment, and definitely not against each other, but... Sirkinov reinventing himself at middleweight if he can put together yeah. some wins. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd tune into that. But okay, but the big ones we were talking about, Saryukian versus Alvarez. This one has top prospects written all yes. over it. Alvarez, more of a striker. I think it's probably fair to put. And Saryukian, much more of a wrestler. Although in his last fight, he got it done basically with striking. So there's Let's that. talk turkey, Luke. What do you expect from these when two? when you and I get together, for the most part, dude, we already talk real talk like men do. So it's a, it's a fun little tagline that we add to the pregame preview to sort of spice it out. Oh, this is the extra, you know, cheddar. This is extreme. Luke, you and I are always extreme up on that bitch. So let me ask you right now about Armin Sarukian because you had a hard-on from here to Hanover Still for the do. Kazakh fellow. Oh, yes. Still do for that as well. Is Armin Sarukian, who I already know we have already seen lose against Mahachev at a high level in sort of an early, you know, prospect versus prospect. I think that was prospect, his UFC debut. Has he rebounded enough where your, your expectations and belief in his upper bound limits, if you will, to steal from the Luke playbook, that it's on par with those names. Is he, could he be the, has he achieved hipster of the moment status despite that loss in his debut? So he's 25 years old, um, and this is his UFC run to date. Obviously, as you indicated, he made his debut in 2019 against Makachev and lost it, but, uh, you know, it was fight of the night. He got a fight of the night bonus for it. Then beats Olivia Aubin Marcier, then beats Davi Hamos, then beats Matt Frivola, and then his last fight he knocked out. Christos Giago. So the knock was he was dominating these guys, but he couldn't put them away. Then he put someone away in his last fight. To me, he is a guy who has blue chip prospect written all He's over him. He's a badass. But what I would say is, this is partly why I'm so high on Shavkat Rachmanov. He is, at 27, barely older than Saryukian and significantly more developed in terms of the overall well-roundedness. I actually don't think Rachmanov is the same level of athlete as Saryukian, mm. and I don't think he's the same level of wrestler as Saryukian, but he's got a much wider array of takedowns, and he is a way better striker. Do than you envision a future in which Mahachev, as lightweight champion, has a title defense against Saryukian as a rematch, and we all get hyped up for it's it? It's entirely possible. I was, Deron Wynn tweeted me when I was tweeting about uh, Saryukian. He was saying they got Makachev ready for that fight in that camp, and they had looked at tape on him, and they knew that that dude was a hammer. They thought Makachev was going to be fine for all those reasons that they were right about, but they knew this, like, like whoa, this kid's going to be good. He made it a point to tell me that. So, like, even the AKA guys were like, okay, we're, our guy's better, but this dude's yeah. on the radar. Um, does Saryukian possess, in the intangibles category, everything that fellow Armenian Edmund Shabazian, unfortunately, as of now, doesn't? That could lift him to like fulfilling full. Well, partly Shabazian's been mismanaged. Saryukian has not been, so there's a big difference. Um, mismanaged by um, maybe Ed by himself. By like Edmund. Maybe it's hard. who was the guy who was telling him these are good fights to take. That's the issue. Mick Maynard probably line one. You know. <laughs> maybe who knows? Uh, the point I'm trying to make here is. Um, 
With Saryukian, he doesn't take hardly any damage. His wrestling is too overwhelming and too smothering. So he's not just 25, he's 25 and very fresh. Like, he barely has a scratch on him. That, that, that Mercedes coming out the lot, it's pre-owned, BC, but it's got like three miles on it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure what, I was, what that's supposed to mean. Uh, but it you know, a lady only drove it to church and back. That's know? right. One time. Yeah. One time. That was like my, my first car, the 85 Chevy Celebrity. It, uh, it had you know, only 30,000 miles on it. And, uh, so it, funny that they call it that because a celebrity would never <laughs> step foot first inside. That shit. But um, it had uh, cigarette stains all over. So like, I'm like, is that old lady on the way back from church? Like, just like, I don't care about that ashtray. Just let me put this shit on like right here. Like, how does it happen? Because it's not like one or two like cigarette burn marks. There's yeah. like 30 of them. You know what I mean? You know, it's, I mean, is it like the person who like takes their booger and then discreetly yeah, wipes I it think and, th and thinks these boogers disappear, but they yeah. don't disappear. They're right there where yeah. BC left them. You know what I'm saying? Right there when you left him. <laughs> That's, when you went like this. And yeah, like this. yeah. Uh, okay, also in this card, last but not least, Jin Yu Frey taking on Hannah Goldie. This is okay, the, I like that This is the BC lot. Instagram special. <laughs> Look at his face light up. He's like, Hannah Goldie? It's like, you can tell who BC's been Instagram stalking by how much he smiles talking about them. Wow, Your Honor, I've, uh, I, I, I plead the fifth here. Wow, yeah. You see, what do you like about this fight? Jin Frey chiseled out of stone. No, this is actually a good fight. Hannah Goldie's actually pretty, actually, she does, uh, she's pretty Okay, look, this well. is still the lower level, you, you know, prelim level, but, like, Goldie seems to be turning around slowly, Luke, the things that tripped her up upon her entry into the UFC. And she is an interesting prospect with the strength in wrestling. I call her the female Sean Shirk, and you said, no, BC, no. I'm telling you, no, it is. She is. Yeah, she's not. Right. Uh, by the way, we didn't talk about it, but Joel... So you're saying she's more likely to, to end up one day getting a job at my bar? That, that no, I'm not saying that either. My all-female like, roadhouse bar? She's female Sean Shirk? Like, she's I mean, she strong. could be like bar manager, though. She's strong. By the way, here is, we didn't talk about it, Joel Alvarez's run thus far. He, he's beaten, well, he lost to Ismogulov, but he's very good. But his most recent win streak with guys with uh, Wikipedia entries, Joseph Duffy, Alexander Yakovlev, and then he just recently, inside of a round, beat Thiago Moises, took four rounds for Makachev. So you're saying he's him. coming? I can t I'm telling you this. He's, he's got really good clamps for submissions, and he's got, uh, obviously, he can, he, he's, got, he's long and lanky, so he can lock up Anaconda from anywhere. What is his uh, nationality back Spain. He's from Gijon. Sporting Gijon is the soccer team there. Um, we don't get Spain-born UFC stars. Well, we might have one, Joel Alvarez. There, it's a possibility. Also, Ilya Taporia is Georgian, but is a Spanish national. So. But that shows you, obviously, the UFC's global footprint, where like, this happens every once in a while. We're like, oh, I don't think I've seen a star prominent UFC fighter, for, or you know, elite one from mm -hmm. that country yet. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like there was the who's the heavyweight who won the Ultimate Fighter from Spain? He was from the Canary Islands. I forget no, his I don't, name. I, you know, I stopped watching that show a lot, so yeah, I, no. you know. They're saying Spino. Spino. Yes. yes, Espino. Juan Espino was his name? Juan Espino? Yeah. So there are some guys from Spain who are making a little bit of noise, um, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right, topic number two, Bryce Mitchell did an interview. He, uh, by the way, he's fighting at UFC 272, so that's interesting. Taking on uh, Edson Barboza, hell of a time for that. Dude, if you didn't know who Bryce Mitchell was... You do now. You, he, this was full frontal, Luke. This, this was... Uh, yeah. This was like, let me just streak across the 50-yard line naked, right? Pretty much. Bryce Mitchell did an interview with Ariel Hawani on his show, The MMA Hour, and on this, he had, uh, how would you describe this? Bryce Mitchell basically has nothing, nothing but a, his entire worldview is a series of intertwining conspiracies, right? Well, the thing is, 
something like that? Even if he's right on some of them, even if there are things that he said, well, I'm going to have to go back and look because the, the abrasive ones were just so, you know, aggressive. But um, maybe there's even things you agree with. But he's all freaking in, Luke. I mean, he's ready to, to pick up the rifle and, um, and, you know, start the next civil war. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, on, uh, on being, he said he would rather die than give up his guns. Quote, my number one explanation is that the government is in a lot of these, talking about school shootings, they have an agenda. They set up mass shootings and then blame the AR-15s. They say, oh, now we're going to come take your AR-15s now. Let me tell you why they haven't taken away the AR-15s, because this is God's land. They cannot. Well, then why would they try if they cannot? But okay. They do not have the power to take away these AR-15s. But if they don't have the power to take the AR-15s, then why are they trying? But okay. They have been trying and trying and trying. The people are too strong. Oh, I see. They just can't, but they really want to. I would die before I hand these guns over to my government. I would like to know who is trying to confiscate his AR-15. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So even if there's things you lean in the direction of the basis of some of the things you're saying, he's going like so aggressive civil war stuff, Luke. And I'm not saying I'm naive to not understand that that's a you know prevailing thought in certain circles anyway, but like, damn, that's aggressive in this moment, Luke. So do you think there's any Sean Strickland in him? And <clears throat> by asking you that, I'm not asking, do you think... You know, there's two guys that we should have on the watch list. I mean, is some of this ch is, okay, this is who I am to a certain degree, but people are going to really know me now if I can amp up this character and do a little Colby Covington, do a little, you know what I mean? Oh, I see. Do a like little, because, you know, there, like there are has... a lot of people that say, Strong Trickland's not crazy, he's just smarter than you, and he built this character and you're falling for yeah, it. Yeah, probably. I'm like, they're... that character's pretty well done then. I, I, would I, say, I would say this. I mean, my best read on this, and I, none of us know Bryce Mitchell, so we have no idea who he actually is. But my read on this is that um, probably a little bit, you know, you get emboldened when you go on an interview show to really kind of like state your views as clearly and forthrightly as you can. I mean, I did bring that spirit to the MMA Hour, episode 200, when I made my debut and it sparked something between us, Luke. I came in there with like, what do you MMA beat, you mean? Yeah, what, what did I call it? MMA Hour. The Ariel Show, whatever you want to call it. You know, I came there like with a January 6th attitude. Can we, can we like put any effort into this discussion or can we just derail it? I just want you to know that. We should put some effort into this discussion. The point I was trying to raise was I just feel like, dude, even before the ultimate fighter, the, the MMA community has always been two places. One, a place for self-identifying misfits, outcasts, people who don't fit in for whatever reason that may be in whatever community. And two, it's just always been very online always been online. If you were a fan, <clears throat> round tough, free tough, you wanted pride stuff, you had to go and get bit torrents and you had to be on the underground and that's who was talking there. Joe Rogan for a time back in the aughts, he used to comment freely in the threads in mixedmartialarts.com or at and the time it was MMA.tv. You have to agree that even compared to major team sports, UFC was ahead of the game at like forcing every athlete to have a Twitter account and sure. to like really sure. and really push them in areas to, to use it. And so, I think that's always obviously been a, a So, so what, I, what I would say is in this day and age when we're asked for our views and you're doing it in a public way and then you have a person who is young, very online, on social media, probably doesn't have views anyway that are in necessarily even in lockstep with the wider state he's in to some degree, then you're going to get these kinds of you know, uh, moments where people espouse views that are impossible to otherwise justify. What I would say, though, is I got to tell you, people were like, this, this is, 
this is a shock to my conscience. I can't believe that someone in the community would hold views such as these. I'm like, do you, are you motherfuckers on Twitter for five seconds? My mentions every day are, you know, uh, fucking Obama drinks the blood of young babies and uh, COVID is a lie. It's just the flu with a skirt on or whatever the fuck they say. I don't even know what they say anymore. But like my, in, my, my mentions and what I, not even that, like just what I see on different places is filled to the brim with these very online radicalized views. Like I would argue Bryce Mitchell's views on this are far closer to what the average person in this community believes than mine. I guarantee that. Wow, that's, <clears throat> okay. That's aggressive, but you might actually be right. Dude, I'm okay. 100%. Dude, go back and who did we talk to Nice people at the MMA Awards. Do you think <laughs> yeah, well, that they that agree was... more with Bryce Mitchell or me? Oh, God. They was, probably uh... agree more with him. That was zombie prom, and there was times that it got a little too heavy, and I had to go outside. <laughs> but um, it was it was a trip, you know. It was it was good thing we had those space rocks we were eating. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had they had mini sliders. They had like five thousand mini sliders, but they were like ice cold. I know the thing was it was like we're gonna give you these sliders, but we're gonna because we're, we're like we're oh gonna, they only gonna... have one food option. I know. I was asking them why were you spraying the food with liquid nitrogen. It's just gonna make it freezing cold, but they said that's what they do. I mean, they, I mean, they had like 400 sliders, which is like, okay. I mean, it's a <laughs> heavy the, lean. With a collective temperature of zero. But I'm like, okay. Matter then, wasn't actually moving. Yeah. BC, your response to the Bryce Mitchell interview does it say anything that we should pay attention to? Being that we, you know, we're not naive, it's it's not that big of a deal, but it's it's radical because we don't see it in this. Oh, I see it in this form, in this channel, in this proper show, whatever. I mean, I know it's Ariel with a guy in Zoom, but you get what my point. Yeah, yeah. In, in the, we, we haven't seen it, a lot of that through that. So um, it is, it's, again, like even separating from the politics, it's just aggressive as shit, Luke. It's, it's really, you know, close to the, uh, to the scary level, so. Uh, that's a very profound take, BC. I'm glad. I mean, I know, I know, I, I dug deep for that one, but that's really the heart of it, Luke. Yeah, I just, um, I don't think there's anything like, oh, that guy should shut up. I mean, like, do say what you. Let want. Let me say this you though. Let me, yeah, well, Ariel was, Ariel was, he, he, there's a no-win scenario there because it, you're supposed to, let, to some extent, you want your guests to be able to say what they want. At the same time, they can't just say anything without being challenged. So he's trying to thread this needle. At the same time, BC, I have to tell you, like, it's moments like that where I'm like. What exactly is the role of MMA media? I'll tell you exactly why I said that. Because yeah. you have this Phil Mickelson thing going on where he wanted to take golf money from the Saudis and build up golf in Saudi Arabia. And what were the splits on that? Huh? <laughs> what were the splits of what he was going to take home and then significant let, uh, yeah. money? But the point being, it all blew up because people got mad about it. In, in MMA and in boxing too, like they'll put fights on in Saudi Arabia, and dude, they could probably execute someone as the opening act, and no one in combat sports is gonna care. It's like for our opening act before the rematch between X and Y, we're just having honor killing. You're dude, like, this is Anthony not Joshua entertainment. Eighty-five million. They paid him eighty-five million to just show. Like just that show was up, like right? like. So this is my point, and no one gives a shit about it. Granted, this is <clears> this is um, this is uh, you know a different world. So the point I'm trying to make here is. Um, I don't even understand when you see views like this, what you're supposed to say about them as a media member, other than, yeah, it looks a lot like what I see on social media. It, it mirrors it quite closely. Seriously. I, I don't, they, yeah, don't want, yeah. they don't want us to police them, and I don't think we could even if we tried. So I don't really know what we're supposed to do in terms of getting mad about it. What are you supposed to get mad about? No, you're about? not supposed to get mad about it. I mean, look, you want, if you either want free speech or you don't. Right. You know, like, say whatever the hell. You, if you believe it, say it. But we're also 
can take the liberty of saying, oh, wow, you're a scary motherfucker. Like, I'm staying far away from you or whatever you want to say in return. But, yeah, having the platform to say it is more important than whether you agree or are willing to go down that road with him. But, Luke, if, if, the, shit, if the shit does, hap- does go down... I- He's gonna clutch go that shit, okay? Yeah, listen. He's gonna be like, yo, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, my career is over. I'm now, I'm. I'm gonna start twistering <laughs> some Antifa. Yeah. yeah. He has a, he has a twister on his account. He really does. Uh, by the way, he apparently says, the 2020 president presidential election was rigged. It's like, dude, I don't even understand how someone could even begin to believe that. But okay, inflation is a form of control by the government. That's interesting. Ivermectin works much better against COVID than vaccines, uh, but the vaccines make more money. Well, that's actually true, which is why they're being. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't feel the need to pick through every one of this. Is what, this is just what our produ- this is what our producer wrote. The 2017 <laughs> Las Vegas shooting was an inside job. He said, "No such thing as a gun problem, just a mental health problem." And then, lastly, he's actually half right about this. But that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of half rights. There's a lot of half rights. Yeah, uh, healthcare is not a right because you don't have a right to someone else's service. That's actually partly true, but not and, fully. And obviously, dude, you want an open forum when the truth needs to be shared. I just don't believe a lot of what he says is the truth, and that's that's all right, you know. Yeah. I, I, last thing on this: <clears throat> How common do you think his views are among active participants? Okay, like in a, a, a lessened version of that, I think covers eighty-five percent of the yeah, pool. That's right. But that extreme—that extreme probably is rare, or even close to that. But extreme. like, who has sympathies in that direction? I would say the vast majority. The vast majority. All right. Oh, you're gonna catch some heat from our MK Jan, Jan. We should before all jokes aside. Where is RJ? If we get that January 6th clothing line up on Morning Combat dot story, I don't care what you think about I'm, the politics. I'll, I'll promote it. Shit's I'll selling. It's it. sold out again. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We're gonna do that. Corey, have yeah. we figured out how to get you on Mike and Cam yet? He's always got an excuse. Yeah, Corey's like, I'm not worried so much about being on <laughs> Mike right now or on camera right now. I just have to talk in your motherfucking ear. Corey's like, I saw what you guys did to Jay Aaron. That's, that's really what Topic it is. number three, Bellator 275 storylines. Uh, Bellator heads back to, how do you say it, Erie? 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 Uh, Ireland. They go back to Ireland. They're going to be at the three arena in Dublin. Those crowds are the shit. They are fucking bananas. Now, they did lose the fight with Peter Queeley. He does come out to Zombie, which is his whole thing, so you may not see that. But in the main event, BC, this is actually, I'm actually going to call this a pretty important fight to pay attention to. And I actually think you might have a new champion on Saturday or whatever it is Friday. Whoa. Hold on. Gigard Musasi, oh, your current dude, middleweight you're champion. Put, you're just going to take that out and be like, don't look at this. We'll talk okay. about this later, but you know. Taking on Austin Vanderford, who to this point has probably gained more acclaim from his uh, marriage than by his fighting skills. But I got to tell you, that shouldn't be that way because his fighting skills are pretty high. I you could see, also argue he's as well known for that aggressive tattoo than he is for anything the else. throat tattoo, I yeah. mean, he's, that, he's all in on that, Luke, okay? What I will tell you is, BC, and this is why I feel this way, Musasi, I feel this slowing a little bit. I don't think he's washed, but he's okay. slowing. Hold on, let me, let me get the whole thing out. Let me get the whole thing out. You, That's one. Two, uh, Vanderford can wrestle his ass off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three, now Vanderford is not Rafael Lovato Jr., but Rafael Lovato Jr. was able to win with, I would call it, wrestling plus dominant grappling positions. It is at least conceivable that Vanderford can borrow the Lovato Jr. playbook against Musasi. Why am I right or wrong? You might be right, and that's why we're excited about this fight. Because in, in whatever form, Austin Vanderford is coming on. He's on this unbeaten run. He has looked better at each step up. He's never really looked overwhelming yet. And I think that's what gives you a little bit of reluctance. But yet we've seen him in fights that played to his strength 
he can he can go downhill. He can bury you with his wrestling and just control the whole fight and, and drive a hole into the ground. And it's up to you to either go the distance and take the beating or ask for your way out of it. But can he go over the top of Musasi? The reason why I was going to cut you off right now is tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in the in the ups and downs of what has been Gegard Musasi's twilight, his second half, which has had some very big high moments, and you know he he always fights the best. He's going to mix in some losses. I feel like the public attitude again is, oh my God, he's among the most underrated ever. Why are we not talking about him? I think it came back. And you're only as good as your last performance in this game. And even if that's fair or not, it's perception. So don't you feel that? Where this isn't the fight to make the, I think, the argument of, of are we overlooking Vanderford? Is he about to pull the upset? Uh, it looks that to be like Gegard Musasi, whether it was the specific competition or injuries or whatever, he seems to be at a higher level right now than he was. Yeah, I don't agree. Um, he, in his last four wins, are Rory McDonald, who was smaller and I think a little bit shop-worn when they fought. He had a split decision over Lyoto Machida, who was on the last fight of his Bellator contract. Douglas Lima, who just didn't show up in that fight. By the way, another small guy, a true welterweight. And then, by the way, when he turned it on, the fight got way more competitive late. And then John Salter, who is, in fact, a good fighter. That's probably the best win he's had in quite oh, some time. Oh, he handled that guy. He handled him, yeah. That was, a, that was a great win. This is my point. Dude, he has always shown weaknesses, whether it's King Mo, whether it's Lovato Jr., whoever you want to pick, he's always shown a weakness to guys who can kind of put a steady wrestling pace on him. It's not true to say he's a bad wrestler, but that it can meaningfully nullify his offense 100%. Okay, We've seen this numerous times. But the core of the argument that I got stuck on is this. We're not too far apart on this. I just think that run that that Musasi went on to get here, while you're, it's, it's right that you can pick at it and say, well, this opponent was this or this. I don't think he looked bad in the majority of those fights, though. I, no. I get why you can downgrade he, a dude, win. He's a great on. fighter. He, he's no, what never I'm saying is, terrible. No. Is he hasn't had those moments in a while where you're doubting. He had one, the Schlemenko fight. He probably lost yes, that fight. That he was, deserved, that he was, but that was back when the momentum was in the other direction. Yes, that was back in 2017, to your That's when we were questioning, ago. is he you know, really on, on the down path? But no, he's back. I just think he's back so, to me, so aggressively of late, especially that Salter win in which I, I get that Salter's limited to a degree. But I think Vanderford in his own way might be limited to a degree. So if this is still going to be the same gay guard, I feel like um, we're going to, this is more of a celebration of this great guy who's nearly backdoored like an all-time great legacy. No He's one, got a sneaky great resume. There are not a whole lot of MMA fans who are cheering for Vanderford over Musasi. Musasi is, you know, royalty is a strong word, but he's been around for a while and done really important things in really important organizations and in great fights. That That is true. Would you agree that there was never a moment he went from being just sort of like a guy who's pretty damn good to like hardcore cult status? People love him. He got close. I don't think there was a moment, though. I think it was his consistency and his... Right. So when that run he was on when he beat Talos Light. He lost to Uriah Hall, remember, sort of like somewhat flukish. Then he beat Talos Lightis, Tiago. He knocked, he knocked out Tiago Santos inside of a round. Inside of Dude, a round. Dude, that's a win right there. Vitor Damn. Belfort, he stopped. Uriah Hall, he stopped. Then he stopped Chris Weidman. It was somewhat controversial. And remember, after that win, it was like, dude, Musasi's got to get a title shot. But it was the last one what on his contract. What was the controversy on that fight? Because Weidman wanted to put his hands down. And Musasi was lifting, uh, him, yeah, up, yeah, lifting yeah. him up over the top to knee him. You're right, yep. And so after that, he was ready to go to a title shot. But then he made that move to Bellator and then had the fight he's against just He's just missed. He's just missed his moment. Missed, that's you right. Know? And he's and he fought, he fought Mo Lawal for the title on CBS and then got out-wrestled for five rounds, you know? 
Yeah, he's got. There's there's almost a Bisping quality to his resume and his legacy before the GSP. I mean, before the uh, Rockhold upset, where it was like every time he was close to doing something in your face, like major title, major promotion, or at least I I know he did that already with Strikeforce, but like never had that breakthrough moment where people would just like completely fall in love with him. He just came up short. Yet because he's beaten so many guys and because he's been considered elite in so many different eras and promotions dude that that resume is coming together to be one of like those interesting. backdoor badass hall of fame to your point like he's got some solid names on his resume he's got dan henderson on his resume mark muñoz on his resume like dude he's got jake o'brien obviously a little before sukaju he beat sukaju before that was supposed to be the cool thing mark hunt is on, dude mark cool. hunt is on his fucking resume i mean the guy has beaten really good guys but for example the henderson win is sandwiched between the jacare and uriah hall losses so like he's got long streaks He's got A-quality opponents on his ledger, but he doesn't have them all in a neat and tidy sequence where you're like, that's the, that's, that's the run right there. That's yeah. the sauce and he doesn't right have his Luke Rockhold moment like Bisping had, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see if there's uh, – I, I will say this about Vanderford to, to acknowledge the deficiencies. I know he can win that fight for 15 minutes. I don't know if he can win that fight for 25. That, to me, is like – he can wrestle him. That's a, I think that's a great way to say he it. He can wrestle him for 15 minutes, no problem. But the problem is, once it goes to 16, 17, 18, then it's anybody's guess. Then I don't know what happens. Is he? Is he a poor man's Colby Covington? What do you What do you really see him as? Because I, I don't he know. can win this I don't fight. Know. Yes, he can win this fight. This is going to tell us, dude. This is going to yeah. tell us if he's coming or going a little bit here. Because oh, Gegard. I love this fight. Gegard can wrestle, dude. He can. He can, and also, dude, Gegard is significantly a more well-rounded and b, dude. Win or lose in strike force in Japan, in the United States, Europe, doesn't matter. Fucking Gegard Musasi has been in the trenches of not just one, but two or even three divisions. Seen it all, seen it come and go. That's why I think that that experience is going to help him, especially if this fight goes late. But, dude, he is older. Well, how old? Is, uh, I'm going to guess Musashi. 36. You're going to say 36. You're right on the money. He turns 37 in August. So he's got a little bit of time. Do you okay? Would you be on board for this? Let's say Musasi wins defenders title. Him against Fedor Emelianenko for the goodbye fight in Russia, bro. Come on, come on. You could, yeah, okay. You could talk okay. yourself into okay. that. After right? he beat Timothy Johnson, the Fedor hate has to take it does have a little take. bit of a backseat. Um, and that that actually yeah. that'd be a nice thing to put on top of Gegard's like backdoor resume. You know what I mean? Like he's got one yeah. of those like hardcore fans resumes, but like would that would that, would this wouldn't matter if he went in there to heavyweight? And, and, and put it on Fedor. Would it matter? It would matter. 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 By the way, I'll point this out. He made his debut, Musasi did, in April of 2003. So in one year's time, basically, he'll have been fighting for 20 years. 20 wow. years is just an insane amount of time. I wanted Musasi Anderson Silva, and you didn't want anything to do with that. Because, you know, Silva's a free agent or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you think that Musasi ends up fighting Rumble or Romero? Under the Bellator banner. Like, you could say yes without thinking about it, but then when you really think about it, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Here, um, I'd prefer Romero because I think he's a lot less controllable than Anthony, uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But it's hard to shit on that one either way. Uh, I'd take it no matter what, right? Like, either of those would be uh, fun as hell. So, uh, yeah, that'd be great. And weirdly related to this in a Kevin Bacon Six Degrees way, remember the dude that replaced Rumble? Uh, or maybe a place Romero, a Jose Augusto. Remember in the yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember that dude like nearly knocked out Rumble. Like he yep. walked through hell to try to be in that fight. Yep. Is that guy that fun in regular time? Like is he oh like those uh those Pitbull boys? They rave about him. They they say he's like I mean, always like that. I mean he was sloppy and there was a lot a lot of like crazy. But he, he went was about it. But he came to win yeah, that fight. He was dude. about it. Yeah. He was about it. You got to respect it. Uh, also on this card, by the way, your number one crush, his brother, is on this card. The brother of uh, Magomed Sharapov. Hassan oh, yeah, Magomed yeah. Sharapov is on this main dude. I'm going to go out on a limb and <laughs> yeah. say this guy's going to go undefeated to win a championship. Do you all right? Because he's going to be just like his brother. His yeah. last name ends in a V. It's multisyllabic. He's from that uh, sort of Caucasus area. And uh, dude, the he's going to beat the fuck out of all these even guys. Even the ways of beat rocks, the Abe Lincoln beard with the longer hair on top. Dude, he's, a, he's an icon, Luke. We just got to get him back in there. Zabit. Yeah, this is the younger brother of Zabit. I mean, I think I've got a... Zabit love, not not as deep as your love for Anthony Smith, not all the way there, but it's 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 within the county limits. Can we do like a BG's? How deep is your love thing? <laughs> By the way, BC also. Will we ever get Anthony Bonecrusher Smith on this set? Yes. Uh, unlike you, I have a great relationship with Anthony Smith. <laughs> I think he'll answer my text messages. By the way, messages. he's 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 very good on media, so I'd yes, love I'd love good. to do a few wrong. Uh, also on this card, it's the main event of the prelims. Brett Johns, who was something of a signing from the bantamweight division of UFC out of Wales, taking on Kershed Kakorov. Uh, also BC on this card, Kirill Sedilnikov. You might recall old Kirill was for a time called I believe this is the guy they called Baby Fedor. Was this him? I believe this is the dude. Uh, yes, he was out of the uh, Red Devil Sport Club back in the time. He is not Baby Fedor. I just want to point that out. That's not. Um, this name. card is Friday, correct? Yes, it's and Friday. And it is at, is it an afternoon card? It is an afternoon card. It will be in Ireland, in Dublin. Uh, yes, I believe that's correct. And um, Bellator three arena. Three yes. arena is where it's going to be. Liam McCourt versus Sinead Cavanaugh. Sinead Cavanaugh of SBG in her co-main. Should be a fine fight. Don't really have a ton of things to say about it, but yeah. it's fine. I mean, it could use a little more rat garbage level of I gotta see that guy in the undercard type right. of stuff, you know? When, the, when Bellator, Give me the guy from the meat locker that Jake Hager beat, that dude, you know yeah, what I Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Bellator goes to, the, to Ireland, I'm told that their Ireland, I am told, I do not know this, that Bellator's footprint in Ireland is significantly bigger than the UFC's at this point. So it's a big deal when they go. More to the point, Bellator is really trying to put up a base in this part of the, the world to recruit and develop talent. These events are important for that, so just pay attention to see who. What are the odds Conor McGregor comes back into the octagon to get Mark Goddard, like the rematch, you know? Only if he's got a, a strawberry sherbet ice cream. I mean, not the octagon, the Bellator cage, yes, um, to, to support his boy. Does his guy still in there, his, his, his buddy? Oh, Charlie Charlie's. Hospital Ward? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Dude, I don't know who the fuck's in Bellator. And I asked Bellator, <laughs> I'll blow them up here a little bit. I cannot tell you how many times I've asked them for stats <laughs> about their fighters, and they never get them to me. Can I have some stats about your fighters, please? Yo, are you, is that like a bow and arrow right at Danny Brenner? 
I love Danny, but Danny. I love Danny. I need some stats, guy. I need some Danny's stats. Danny's old school MMA, like, you know, way, way back. Danny is old school boxing, too. Speaking of which, topic number four, BC, we talk about the weekend in boxing. A lot of different places to go. Let's start with Showtime, if we can. Chris Colbert. Colbert? Colbert. Colbert. Yeah, I know. You've corrected me on that a number of times. It's taken on Hector Luis Garcia. This will be in Las Vegas. It will be on Showtime. Why did you have to racistly pronounce that guy? That's very, you know, it's not too far from like, like, you know, the the risen thing. Like, it's right on. What I've discovered is there's no right way to do it because here's what's going to happen. My family won't watch, but on the off chance that they saw me, then they get mad at me. Because they're like, why well, are They'd be upset that you gringoed a name. Oh, dude, it's a big deal. Oh, the- oh yeah, they hate it. They, ha- oh, they fucking hate oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like, why are you being so fucking lazy? Like, rah, 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 rah. like they'll, they'll dude, mock we me. We got to get me. MK Doc Cambridge. Well, that could be a storyline for Doc number seven. So either you mock me or they mock me. I don't have a, I can't, I can't <clears> win. <throat> but either, yes, Hector Luis Garcia is the guy. Uh, BC. So it's a late replacement. It's a late replacement. You know a lot about Chris Colbert. Yes. Everyone is high on him. Why are they high on him? <clears throat> Set this one up. 130 pounds. New York City, Brooklyn, born and bred, and first of all, separate from the game, which is very, very good. He, he's, a, he's a promising guy who's coming on. He can sell himself. Most oftentimes, he'll dye his hair funky different colors, and he'll talk trash in the ring in the middle. I mean, he's one of those guys who knows what he brings to the table, is not afraid of the spotlight, but oh, by the way, he can really fight. And it's not just quick hands or pop. He's got both. He's fairly well-rounded, but he can box, man. I mean, he can really box on top of it. So you, when you consider, we know 135 is like this beating heart of like future stars re- ready to jump out. It's the other guys around it too that, you know, Shakur Stevenson coming in. I think Chris Colbert is going to end up finding when he does move up to lightweight one day. Th- those are going to be his huge fights. But right now he's making his name at 130 and getting in position to win world titles. And uh, he's coming on. What is he good at? Like when you see, what's his signature style? Well, that's what I'm saying. He's just fairly well-rounded across the board because, like, he can be so flashy and he does have some good highlights. Where, oh, this guy's a puncher, but he's really more of a well-rounded boxer. And, man, he can box and he's quick. So do we know yet if he can do it on the super elite level? No, we got to find that out. But um, he calls himself prime time. He dyes the top of his hair and dinkish red. And he really, yeah, he, it changes the colors a lot. And he models himself kind of after primetime Deion Sanders mm. and it's like you know I have the guts Deion, to, Deion. to give myself that nickname because I know what I need to deliver with that I think there's a quote that uh Colbert told me and he took it from Dion, which is you know some guys want to want to be most men want to be the man until it's time to be the man I was born that man Luke okay that's some shit right there okay that's you know pretty good yeah all right, I guess I was the only one moved by that. Uh, let's go to the videotape, though. We do have tape uh, of, uh, I did talk to Chris Colbert. You can check out this interview at length at youtube.com slash morning combat. But this was before his original opponent fell out. But let's just meet Chris Colbert and, and get to know this guy a little bit better. Let's go to it. Listen, that's the words of Deion Sanders himself. Everybody want to be that until it's time to be that. I was born that, you know, uh, but I feel like, any situation I ever been in, I, I always showed up. I always, anything that I said I was nice at, I showed up. Played football, put me on the field, I showed up. Box, I told everybody I'm going to be that guy, I showed up. Look, I'm here. I'm here. 16 fights. I've only got 16 fights. Only have 16 fights and I fight for the world title. I can unify with two less than 20 fights. BC, whose face is fatter, you, yours, or the professional athletes? 
<laughs> well, I'm gonna go. That was buy. so shitty. I'm, I'm so gonna sorry. go with that was buy so B. This face right here. That was so terrible. Uh, Luke, look, it's not that I'm. Okay, I already said he could fight. He could fight. All right, we're gonna find out how good he could fight. But he could fight. But you know, it, it, I'm the type of guy that's gonna fall in love to this type of personality. And he's not the first guy to come out and be like, I'm ready for the stage and, and give me all the biggest names and I'll win and all that. I mean, a lot of guys talk a lot of shit and then you find out whether they are, you know, whether they can back it up or not. I feel like when you factor in that confidence with the game that he's shown in the highlights at, at the level of competition he's faced, like I can feel him coming on. Like he's coming, Luke, down that road. That's what I'm saying. Maybe not on like the extreme boots and this, this give this guy the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. You know, when he wins the title, he may not lose it. Not necessarily there, but like there's still a, a secondhand high from what I'm feeling. I can hear Chris Colbert coming. Now, I believe this is the co-main event. I'm not sure. I, I forget which card this is on. Correct me, because same card. Gary Antoine Russell, yes. who is not Gary Russell Jr. They're different people taking on old school Victor Postal. I, I thought sneaky, he was retired. Great, this is a sneaky great fight right here. If you don't know, so Gary Russell Jr. is one of six or seven boxing brothers that are all named Gary Russell, uh, as which is his father's name. Very George Foreman like thing right. to do. But now they call a bunch of his brothers by their middle name. Some, so this guy's uh, Gary Antoine Russell, just a different type of fighter than Gary. Gary's just a spark plug in and out. Still a technician like his brother, but a different style altogether. Victor Postel is battle-tested, Luke. Is anybody in this division in the last 10 years? I mean, you know, former unified champion. And look, he, in that old guy, he came back in a big fight, and he showed himself. Who was that fight Victor Ortiz had? Victor Postal. Victor Postal, excuse me. Was uh, it was it against Jose Ramirez? Is that the fight I'm thinking of recently? Pull it up for you here to get a better sense of things. Well, we were like, I'm not sure if he still got this so one. So he lost to Jose Ramirez most recently. That's Josh Taylor back in 2018. Terrence Crawford before that. So it's the Ramirez fight. Yeah. Okay, he ended up losing that. But he showed him that, that he's still at a very high elite level. So we're going to find out. Antoine, you know, Antoine Russell, where he's at because of this. And you love these type of fights, Luke. And I love Victor Postal's style. It's just like stand back high and just pick you off coming in. Like Is this that. a little too soon for Antoine Russell? He's only got 14 fights. Victor Postal, by contrast, already has 34. By the way, uh, I believe Gary Russell Jr., his brother, is his trainer. Yes. On top of that. Um, it, I don't, I've, seen, uh, I, I've seen enough to where I believe that he's ready for this he, challenge. He can can, is he going to win? I don't know. But I believe coming in that he is ready for this. I've seen the seasoning on him. I've seen the toughness. You've got to see him against different styles. Um, is he as, as you know elite as Gary Russell Jr.? No, he hasn't proven that yet but uh, by any means. But uh, he looks like he's ready for a challenge this big because with the high risk comes the reward. You get that guy's name on your resume, you're ready to fight for world titles right now. Uh, Guillermo Rigondeau is going to take on Vincent Astrolabio. Yeah, in, this in is, Dubai. I think they threw a bunch of money at him. Um, no surprise that at 41, Luke uh, Rigo can't get the type of fights he wants because, you know, every time he comes to the table, he doesn't know what to do but be himself. And that doesn't move uh, ratings. That doesn't make people happy, even if I feel like I can appreciate the art of it and tell you that I think he got jobs his last fight. But nobody's going to care because that's what he does. But is he going to Dubai to does. get a bunch of money? Yes. Yeah. And he still wants big fights, and there's still something there, Luke. It just has to activate it. The way he... Or, or the, the people... or he, he either has to activate it, or we all have to change our expectations. He hasn't recovered from the dummying that Lomachenko put on him. That, he didn't just lose that fight. 
he got outthunk and basically quit. Well, he had to move up two weight classes. Okay, fair enough. But there was the I'm not way, I'm not it, saying his quitting the, is okay. It was, but. it was the way in which he handled it yeah. that I think did him no favors. I'll put it that way. Plus, it was kind of boring too, a little bit. It was also his way to be like, hey, boxing, you screwed me over. Yeah, you know, so everyone feel under, right back at you. Last but not least, this will be on February 26th. Uh, Josh Taylor, the man with all the belts, taking on I believe his WBO mandatory yes. uh, Jack Catterall. This will be in Glasgow, Scotland. Taylor's gonna beat the fuck out of him, right? Um, yeah, probably the, the resumes, what they, you know, what they've done and accomplished and who they are as fighters should tell you it should be, this should be a, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. Jack Catterall can fight. He just doesn't have the resume to get to this point has come up, you know, fought the guys who in front of him, who he had to got in position to be a number one contender. We question a lot of the resumes, by the way, of number one contenders. Normally we, yeah. you know, for good reason, but he's not at the Josh Taylor level, but you do want to see. If Josh Taylor's really that guy, and I've got him in my top 10 pound for pound, I mean, he won all four belts in a you know tough division and won the Jose Ramirez fight. I mean, he's he's that dude, okay? But uh, you can't have an in-between hiccup on the road to maybe getting Teofimo. I want to see him come out and put that, you know, and put a stamp on. If, if he's this much better than Jack Catterall, if we find that out, if this isn't a Cambosis sort of upset situation, which I don't think it will be, um, I got to see Josh Taylor not survive in advance. I want to see him make a statement, okay? Right, fair enough. I mean, would, wouldn't that jazz you the hell up for Teofimo at 140 against Josh Taylor? If I thought there was a real chance they could make it, yeah. Like, for Josh oh, Taylor... Oh, they could make it. They could make it. And, well, they... We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, quick hitters. Topic number five. BC, speaking of the man, Bud Crawford calls for not a Errol Spence fight, which, by the way, I've been doing a ton of Errol Spence study. I cannot believe how that fight has not been made. It drives me fucking insane because I cannot believe how good Errol Spence is. Dude, I knew he was great. good already. And then under tape study, I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's good. And he has to be that great for this debate between who's better yes, between him and Crawford. Is for, for that to even be a, a debate at this level, he's got to be that guy. Yo, he's that guy, but car accident. Right. Detached retina, surgery, yeah. there's a lot. All right, so uh, Bud Crawford says he's not interested in Spence, but in although Spence Ugas winner, I should say, but instead the Charlo Castaño winner up at 154. Quote, wow. if I can't get the Spence Ugas winner, I'd love to get the Jermel and Castaño winner. I want that fight. If it happens, no, it happens. Be calling for it for years. Fans got to be ones that push for it, blah, 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 blah. What, what do you think? Okay. That, that quote right there, that that's, bald. that's a bag of sex, right? That, I mean, that's just some shit, right? You're a boxing fan, you're like, hell yeah. Do I think it will get there or is his intentions 100% pure? I'd say probably 50-50 on the intentions because this seems to be a, uh, whatever leverage Crawford has in the public negotiation field, which is not a lot because he's not a great salesman of himself. Um, whatever that reputation is, he's just essentially... Um, I lost my lost my circle there for a second. About Spence and Crawford. About Crawford's motivation. Oh, th doing this is also part of that. Like, if you guys aren't going to pay me what I deserve right. to get signed by the PBC and come fight Spence and you know put an end to this, then I, I have other options. I can go to another weight class. But if they end up saying, "Okay, go ahead," would Crawford still go? I you know 50-50 probably. I mean, he seems to be that dude, Luke, who although he doesn't talk a lot about. Legacy meaning a lot if he doesn't, if, if politics keep him away from guys. I think sometimes he says that just like to get people away from him. Uh, you got to believe that he, he, the money's big, yes, but the money's been big. He's been getting paid by top rank, right? Like the money's been big. He can't retire without having at least like fully, completely challenged himself and emptied it out. Sure can. Like you can. You just might. Dude, no. I, I know what you're saying. There's got to be that same 
like the dog that's in yeah, him. He might that's, do it when it's too late, you know. But you know that dog that's in Terrence Crawford. You've seen it come out, yeah, and when it comes out, dude, animal, it's yeah. ferocious. That it, you can't be that without being that competitive. Tell me that. Come on. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, he's got that. Oh, you want to compete, motherfucker? That's kind of vibe to him. You, you know? know, that's what I do in the mirror before I it's walk. It's funny the that he says he grew up wrestling because that's a wrestling mentality. Like, oh, motherfucker. Like, you you want to see who's the fucking big dog? Well, Let's go for it. You, you know? know, I talked recently about how Oklahoma. To the state, it just makes them hard ass people. Luke, yeah, okay? outside those bail bonds and um, and. Uh, I mean, is 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 Omaha drinking the same water there of just just tough let's as move, shit? Let's move, let's move through these. No, I'm go. trying to characterize and and categorize people of Omaha. Are they tough as shit or what, Luke? Omaha's in Nebraska. That's where Anthony Smith's from. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying is it is it the same water? Are they oh, drinking the same uh, water? Is it got that? No, Oklahoma local? sucks. Uh, all right, Tim, okay. unbeaten Tim Zoo. This guy's the, the, the absolute worst, right? I mean, I mean, I've been mugged there at wow. knife point. It's not that great. Uh, unbeaten Tim Zoo can. I mean, listen, if we lost Oklahoma, I mean, can Putin invade Oklahoma? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's there. It's not a real state. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but the question was about Omaha. Are they up to that? Are they about? I don't it like know. That? They, they produce 311. I don't know shit about <laughs> Omaha. Yeah. Tim Zoo continues to campaign to fill in for an injured Brian Castaño, BC. Uh, for all three of Jermel's 154 titles, telling the Aussie media he calls himself a lion, but he's a little pussycat. That's all he is. Dude, did he? Okay, because there's a difference between saying Jermel Charlo is a pussy and, you know, he thinks he's a lion, but he's just a pussycat. Is he calling him a pussy no matter what at the end of the day right there? I don't Because them are fighting words, Luke, okay? I don't care. Uh, no, that doesn't get you jazzed up. That, no. that bit of news right there does nothing for you. The news gets me jazzed. Him saying that does nothing for me. No. Uh, Paul Daly is set to take on Andre Koreshkov. This will be May 13th at Bellator London. Same card that you have the main event title fight on the line. I don't think it's official official. I think it's been sourced and, you know, there's reports and all that. I don't it's think been, it's Okay, I don't know if they haven't announced it to your point. But holy But it makes sense, right? Also, they must have told Koreshkov to call him out because the fights don't get arranged this quickly. But dude, like, but, so, how, yeah. how, much do, how much should we love Paul? We should love Paul Daly a lot. I mean, like, what a... I his, can't believe he's still Whatever playing. his career turned out to be, and there's been some weird turns and the firing from the UFC and all that. But, I mean, he fought who we could, Luke. And there's some big knockouts, and you know there's some big l losses. But to want to go out like this, dude, Korshkov just kicked a hole in that guy. Yeah. Korshkov looks like looks like two Spartan 2.0. Only he's he might be an even more potent killer, Luke. This new version of him. And it's, uh, in the case of Daly coming off this loss to Jason Jackson, although he had three wins before that against Eric Silva, Saad Awad. I mean, speak of that man's package, Luke. It's significant. Uh, he was fighting in the UFC as early as 2009, and even then I remember when he made his way to UFC, folks were like, wow, it took forever because he already had a 22-8-2 and two record or so at the time. Um, he's done it all and has seen it all. Dude, he fought in organizations like Cage Rage back in the day. He has uh, Semtex inside his gloves, Luke. Yeah, he's ridiculous. He's done everything and then some. But, um, yeah, I like this as a retirement fight. Which is what it's supposed to be, but Koreshkov is probably going to do terrible things. I mean, this is some Roxanne Modafari shit, right? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit pioneers in that way. Um, all right, Darren Till is seeking a three-round fight in the return to the uh, Octagon. Quote, I've had like eight or nine main events now, and we've got Tom Aspinall from Team Kaobon doing Kaobon's 10th at UFC London. It's historical nice stuff. But I would love to just have a three-round fight, just open the main card and just see what it's like. Every fight I've had since Cowboy has been a main event. BC, I gotta oh, say, wow. I agree with him. He should get oh, a three-round fight. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, but you you took you taking the full side. You taking this whole take is yeah, that's cool. I don't know what you mean. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, do I know what I mean? That's that's the deep question. I, I mean, are you saying this is the the strong manly response here? Because he looked really fat in the those training camp videos with. Uh, well, he had said with Chemayev. Yes. Well, and, I watched um, I watched the whole thing, which is like a thirty minute video. He says when he talks to Gustafson when he gets to the gym, he goes, "I actually haven't trained in a while. This is gonna be my first time training, and like it seemed like months at that point." So that's why he was a little bit. Chubby. Okay, but that mixed with those comments, if you're going to interpret those comments Dude, in a very... Dude, he needs a like, reset. Yeah, but you, that, but doesn't that kind of like... You could paint a picture where it's like, I don't know if this guy wants yes, to fight. Yes, you could take I bad faith interpretations of everything anyone ever says. And it's not that that's some manly thing. I don't look at that guy. He doesn't want the smoke. No, it's it's if that's a true feeling, then it becomes you might be in a dangerous I spot. I think that fighters struggle between what you're talking about, this bravado, this invincibility that they have to kind of lie themselves into... And then also being like cognizant of your own limits and then working, you have to, you have to know your own deficiencies in order to correct them, right? You have to be, yeah. and so getting that battle correct is often hard for them. I would say BC for a guy who's had nothing but main events has been very, I think it's nice to say up and down with his wins and losses, it's probably a fair way to put it. Dude, he needs a reset moment, a three round. He's not asking for a bitch. He's not asking to fight nobody. He's just saying, can I have a fight that's not five rounds so I can get my shit right? I don't know what's wrong with that. If you take it all in good faith, yes. But I think there's some reasons to... Because to, right. when he comes, he comes. Whether you, know, whether you thought he's overrated or whatever, like he comes to fight, Luke. That's never an issue, right? Like He's got a fighting heart. I just feel like these fighters with that heart, they don't say stuff like this a lot. Right? I just think that's like old school old wives like, I mean did you see be, that give the baby see, some whiskey did you see this picture over here can can we can we get a look on that Jake I know I, mean, I, I can't believe that I like, mean that that's why that's that. just like where any unsolved <laughs> cold case file starts <laughs> I mean that's what I'm about that's what's in me Luke okay you don't understand what's inside me right there pollution yeah <laughs> well at its source yeah yeah probably. radiation poisoning yeah um, Yuanian Jacek speaks on the Wiley Zhang rematch. Quote, I heard Zhang Wiley may not be back until late July or August. What they told me was that she was planning on being back to Are fighting you doing March. A bit right now with the voice? Is it no, no, no. And then May, June. The last thing I'd heard was July, August. I can wait and I want to wait, but on the other hand, I don't want to wait that long. Do you think she waits for that? I don't think she does. Well, that's her, I think that's the only fight she cares about. That's her money fight. That's her send off fight. That's, I mean, she gets it all in one fight, right? She gets like the redemption angle mixed with big, biggest money she could probably make because they're not going to give her a title fight right now unless she beats a killer like this. But uh, well, you got to wait for that. You gotta, that's the only fight you want, then wait for it. Okay. Uh, and then last but not least, our producer put in a quote that she had. You have no me. opinion on this. I mean, she's a legend. You have no opinion on JJ. I, I, my only opinion was, I, A, I thought she won her last fight. I, I swore to I, 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 I like. That's probably why I'm willing to go into business with And her. I thought that, dude, do you remember the pictures afterwards when it looked like she was quite literally black and blue from head to toe and swollen? I'm glad she's taken the time off. I think that part she's done correctly. But, dude, I'm with her in, like, Till, or at least Till's mode. I'm not trying to come back against Zhang Wiley, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to come back against some, like, I'm trying to do the Jim Miller program. You give me motherfuckers out of Wikipedia entries. I'm not saying that they're not good yeah, fighters. But she but doesn't want, she only wants. Dude. You got to give that, okay, it's, it, it's financially driven, of course. Yes. But she also was saying, pay me and I'll fight anybody you want at the highest level. Yes, which know? is the Demetrius Johnson path. But it didn't work out for him in that sense. And Will I'll, you admit, though, that she's got a fighting spirit to her, Luke? Yeah, dude, I thought she won her last fight, which was the greatest women's fight I've ever seen. I gave it to her because I thought she really, really, really put it, she just the, did so much. She's got that dog, right? She's got a dog, dude. I, dude I, yeah, yeah. I don't wish ill upon her. I just don't wish to have any kind of 
relationship with her whatsoever. It's us raised in the Eastern European. Yes, yeah, so you got that it's, thing going. We've got that. Uh, by the way, our producer included some quote she has about uh, Kayla Harrison, but it doesn't mean anything. So. Oh, I'd, I'd be willing to hear it. Yeah, I, I'm not. So there you go. <laughs> oh. and, and ends that discussion. <laughs> All right, for our next trick, uh, let's go over to our second segment. Uh, Luke, look, look, Luke. Um, we gotta spin this motherfucking wheel. This motherfucker. We've had some highs and lows with this thing. Then other shows are doing it. And then we've. We, it's not like we invented it. Well, you claimed once invention in a while we of do it. it. Like you were like, yo, I invented numbers before the the Arabs did. I'm like, well, here's the thing. It this segment. It's based on the principle that Luke doesn't always want to talk about everything. In fact, he can be a bitch trying to make a rundown for this show. So. You know, why don't I create a segment where you, you spin the dial and they are decently faith questions, Luke, hopefully in exchange. Well, why is Jay for, getting mic'd For a good faith response. <laughs> we call it the in-person wheel of death. Why is Jay getting mic'd up? Why? Oh, God. I mean, you know, you got it. It's luck of the draw. There's people that, oh, you got this pre-programmed. Where's the wheel? We, gotta, we have a staff here? Where's Phil? There's like 35 people sitting there. Anybody, while well, we're still good looking, please. That, see, that was a little too right. dad. My name is Barak. I just walk in front of cameras <laughs> in Istanbul. Yeah, if you guys could, there you go. Just, all right. There we go. Uh, maybe right. I spin it because I'm spinning the wheel. All right. Don't you have a job to fall asleep on? So there's 14 categories on here, but you get five spins. Can okay? I read the categories, please? Herbal yes, go ahead. Okay, Luke's choice. Two shots of liquor. Oh, I have to take two shots of liquor? <laughs> don't, yeah, don't hit that one. That's one of your five spins. Fuck. Right. Do I get to just pick the liquor? Yeah, okay. well, I, I, I don't know. All right, we'll name the... St- <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather get two shots of liquor. <laughs> uh, you Jerry. You Jerry. Like four Jerry's here. Uh, ask Jay Aaron. <laughs> what do I have to ask him? Oh, he'll have a question of his own. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Deal with the Dana? Yeah. I didn't say devil. I said Dana. Okay. Bout it, bout it, like Master P. Yep. Any idea what that's about? Uh, Chewbacca, bro. Okay, okay. I mean, it might be. We'll see. Keeping up with the Joneses. Get high on air. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, unlikely bedfellows. GSP's GPS. There's two Ask J's. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be here. It was like a bonus, Luke. War games. Ask Jay Aaron, yay, powie way. <laughs> Sext, text, I'm not texting fucking Paul Daly that I want to bang him. I'm not doing that. I like how you're like, okay, you got to pick any famous fighter in your, in your Rolodex and tell him you want to have sex with him. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not too far from that, so hopefully we get it, Luke. Oh. All right, well, this is going to end my fucking stupid life. All right. Which way? Uh, oh, you no, get I, five I, spins. I, I want to practice roll because one of these ways is better than the other. Yeah. I'll just hold it. So let me see something here. Is this a practice? Yeah. Okay. You get oh, what you get. This is the better way. Right? Okay, okay, okay. All right, ready? Yep. How many of these am I doing? Five? Five, yeah. Fuck me. I mean, this could go many places. What if, hold on, what if I get the two shots twice? I'm not doing No, two no, shots you, you, there's no repeats, okay? Okay, okay, okay. Except for the one that's twice, which is as Jay Aaron. Unlikely bedfellows. Okay. Are we bunking up together? No, no, no. All right. To be fair, Luke, you probably aren't getting a one-on-one interview with Dana White anytime soon. No. And if you did, he would probably duck and dodge any attempts for you to ask hard-hitting questions, and he's good at it. It would be what it would be. It'd probably be an argument. It would never happen. Who cares, right, Luke? But imagine if the two of you 
stumbled into an elevator at the T-Mobile Arena at the same time. And it was, he gave each other that awkward look, but then you're like, you know, no one wants to be the bitch that walks out and, you know what I mean? And like, and basically says that like, you know, you're this tension right here, okay? But then the, the, the uh, elevator stalls, dude. And then you're there for eight hours, okay? Just you and Dana. So you're past the awkward stage. You're talking now, you know what I mean? And then Dana's like, oh, yo, I got a, I got a fifth of Howler head right here, dude. I, forgot, I don't even like, and then like you, you guys are, shirts are off, you're just hammered, all right? And Dana goes, look, dude, any, I know. I like that part. I want to make a Your deal. Your shirts are off, but uh, you know. I want to make sure a, what that means. I want to make a deal with you. You can ask me any three questions you want, and I'll give you the real answer. But you, you can, you know, I'll I'll lie no matter what. I'll never agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, and also I might kill you too. So like, you know, you, you just be like, would you take that chance? What three questions would you ask him? Like three deathbed questions, basically. Yes. Um. And you would get the real deal. Holy so deal. he would answer. He would answer like forthrightly. Yes, that maybe he only t- tells Lorenzo or whatever you know, or the other. You know what I'm saying? The the when when they go to the uh, to the what, what was that movie? The Tom Cruise movie with the masks. Last Samurai. No. Nicole oh, Kidman. eyes wide shut. Yeah, when they have those meetings and parties. You know what I mean? Um, oh, like the elites of the world at Davos. Yeah. Um, First question, what year do you think the UFC became a monopoly? Oh, wow. Would be the first one. Oh, wow. Um, Are you prepared to drink that much Howler Head, though, to get to this moment? <laughs> if he was actually doing it forthrightly, then yeah, I would drink that Howler Okay, head. okay. And I'd rather drink Marquez's, you know what, no, I'm teasing. No. Oh, okay. um, I'd rather drink Howler Head. But, uh, okay, number two. What's the craziest meeting with a fighter you've ever had? Oh, oh. Like the one that just went off the I thought you were going to be like that time you banged the entire uh, ring girl staff like at the same time. What was that like? Yeah. And know? then lastly, because like, this is almost like truth serum, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would say uh, your biggest mistake. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made? besides being in this elevator with me. <laughs> Could you also throw in, yo, who was right, BC or John Ash Nash? Who was right, dude, come on. All right, uh, I could probably get away with that. That question sucked, here we go. Yeah, I can't vouch for all of these being entertaining or fun or necessary. <laughs> I like how one of these is like bang a cast member. I'm like, oh. deal with the Dana. All these oh, are about Dana. I didn't, I didn't know I had two Dana questions in here. All right, we all remember Luke, the unnecessarily drawn out retirement process of Habib, where he had retired after beating Gaethje, but no, he didn't say it, says Dana, you know, that whole bullshit. Every time they put a microphone in front of Habib, he retired again, and then Dana said, no, no, I gotta talk to him five times first, all right? So it kind of delayed, you know, a great moment right there, in terms of, he's not coming back and we know it. But Luke, imagine if Dana came back this month with one final offer to appeal to Habib's business acumen as a promoter. Here's the offer. Habib, you return to the octagon one more time against GSP in a catchweight legends fight for a shit ton of money. And in return, Dana allows him to poach one UFC fighter under the age of 30 to fight exclusively on Eagle FC cards for a three year period to help the promotion gain traction. Uh, Which fighter, it's, it's not the one will Habib take, who should he take? For three years? 
I, I think I'm getting this right. Maybe if I, if I don't, you know what? Hold on. Hold under on. 30. Under 30. Can they be actually 30, or do they no. have to be under to be 29? On, they have to be on the good side of 30, as John Anik would say. Okay. okay. So in that case, I think my answer is pretty easy. I'm gonna go with. Oh no, he doesn't qualify. He just turned 30. I was gonna go with Max Holloway. Max Holloway is 30. Um, I'm gonna go with. Okay, hold on. You gotta it's not to bolster the roster. It's to make a splash for the brand. Yeah, right? however you want to use that. You know what I mean? You're gonna get. You can get him during the broadcast and call the. Fa- you know, you get him, right? You get him. Yeah. So, how do you want to use that? Because, dude, I can make some backdoor argument that Ty Tuivasa should be the pick. I mean, you can go a couple different ways here, Luke. Okay, right? I have one more name. Hang on, I'll tell you who it is. Uh. Oh, can't go with him either. Shit. I was going to go with Cejudo, but you can't. He's 35. Um, I would probably go with someone we've already talked about, Rachmanov or Saryukin, which I realize they're not celebrity names. That's not going to help. That's not going to – you have an opportunity because you can get anybody under 30. That's not going to help to make a splash okay, okay, in the okay. American hold on, market. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're still going to be in complete niche. You're trying to make a splash. You're trying to splash. get – Splash. Okay. Yeah. You could do Peter Yan. He's 29. Ooh, that, that's – uh, Plus, he could do some of the Russian stuff for Russian media there. I don't think though. Would he make? Would he hit in the states? I don't. Think I don't he, know. Without the UFC's push, I don't know. And without don't speaking know. English and being just like a full-on villain, if he, you know, but he does, he talks greasy on social media though, which helps him big time. Dude, I don't know who they could pick. Do you have a better choice? I mean, that'd be my number one probably. There's some like, Holloway would have been my number one choice if you'd asked us a few months ago. You don't think uh, Tuivasa and just build a. Uh, just go full on attraction, and I mean, eventually he's gonna have to be shitting in a shoe. Probably, it was good to get. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do at that point, right? You could go to Ivasa. That's a big game. There's just a lot of unknowns about him. But with Max, it's a lot of unknowns in terms of when the bottom's gonna drop I'm out. I'm sure somebody's yelling a name at the screen right now that yeah. we that we're not thinking about. That's right there. Daniel Larusso. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. All right, two spins in, right? Yeah, it's two. Oh. Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley is the Sean one. O'Malley. How do we that's not the, that's think it. of Sean O'Malley? That's the answer in every that's, category. That's, that's 100% it. the answer. Who came up with that? Hey, very good, very good. Whoever came up with that's not fired. How about that? No, we have to fire them because they make us look bad. I hope this is a good one. That's the same one. You got to spin it again. I can't believe they let Jay Aaron in this building. (laughs) Bout it, bout it. All right. You know, Luke, that's the thing. You get what you get, not what you want, okay? Okay, what am I doing? Let's face it, Luke. No human has the exact combination of loyalty and violence which Chewbacca brings to the table. To the, <laughs> as you said, I was the progenitor of these ideas, motherfucker. As you said so eloquently in MK Doc Five when trying to explain why Jake Paul's problem bot wasn't up to Wookie levels of loyalty, you said old Chewie was quote a rear craft or a rear cut, one of the two. Uh, but let's imagine a completely ridiculous scenario in which your good friend Danny Segura gets tied up in some organized crime he shouldn't have in South Florida while trying to make a few extra bucks. And your attempt to bail him out and remove him from said world only pulls you accidentally deeper and into the line of fire. Because you ultimately refuse to do the job for this organized crime family, they're coming after you. So after securing your family, you're allowed to draft four active UFC fighters to be, to be your wingmen of, of protection once the mob hitmen arrive. Knowing some UFC fighters are much, much more about it, about it, like Chewie than their MMA brethren, and some are just outright batshit crazy, which four across the entire roster are you choosing 
to fill out your one-man militia. Okay, well, first things first, you got the Michigan slash Arkansas militia already. So one is Bryce Mitchell, number one. Armed to the teeth. Yo, he was a lottery pick in this draft, right? Yeah, so you go with him. I get four, right? Yep. And they have to be current UFC fighters, yep. right? Like, like, are you wondering, is Sh if Strawn, Sean Strickland's really about that life, you may have to pick him next, all right? I don't want that many white guys on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, first of all, I go Big Francis. You know what I'm saying? He's intimidating as fuck. <laughs> he could lay out he two has people to, with the same punch, I think. It's he's possible, gotta, right? Yeah, like, and he's got to wear clothes that are, like, menacing. You know what I mean? He's got to look the part. Yeah, he's Arnold. Yeah. By the way, what is Arnold and Jake Paul doing? The slap fight. Yeah, what are we... I said Arnold, buddy. What are we doing here, bro? I mean, could somebody step in and just be like, you know, Arnold, just, you know... Just, I know you're desperate for... But come on, buddy. This is... <laughs> you were just in that commercial on the Super Bowl, know, bro. Come on, know, dude. You were there. It's like, dude, you were in Terminator 2. Like, I, what are you Dude, doing? why did he give birth in that movie, Junior? Why did they do I that? Know. I don't know. Anyway, hold on. So that's two. Damn. So I got, I've got, I've got Bryce Mitchell. I've got Nganu. Now, back in the day, I would have said Frank Mir. Frank Mir is a huge weapons guy. In fact, I've told the story before, but... Dana White told Dan Steiberg of the Washington Post that they, when Mir used to go to events for them, they would have to get him special permits because he would carry in all kinds of knives and guns. Um, but he is no longer on the roster. So who's another person who's yeah, like... Yeah, you, Tim Kennedy's like a, not walking through Tim that Kennedy's door, right? Tim self-defense freak. You know uh, who also is kind of about it? Oh, Joaquin Buckley's coach from Detroit. That guy. No, that guy is uh, <laughs> Charlton. He's uh, not his coach anyway, just a rando. I'm going to say Chito Vera. Chito Vera oh. is bout it, motherfucking bout it, dude. His tattoos suggest that. Yes. They do, yeah. Like, you give that guy a toothbrush, you're getting shanked in the shower. <laughs> Cheeto, mm, right up in there. I'll, no, no, I love Cheeto. I'm, he's fucking uh, tough as shit. So I got yeah. Cheeto, I got Francis, and I've got Bryce. I need a wild card. You know who I'm going with? Agapova. Mar was it oh, Maria Agapova? Yeah, you're right. Bro, you're right. you think anyone is going to talk shit to her without her pulling out the AK and just spraying grandma on the block? Yeah, she's going to be like Lara Croft Tomb Raider on that shit. There's no the question. The whole block's getting wet when yep. Agapova comes around with the fucking AK. Please believe it. Oh, wow. That there got almost go. erotic and gross and weird. Uh, that's three spins in, correct? Yeah, that's three. All right. All right number four, championship rounds, BC. Yep. <laughs> no check time. I mean, this could go in a few directions here, Luke. It's like, lick BC's butthole. I'm not doing that. GSP's GPS. Oh, that's a play on letters if I've ever heard it, right? Please, I hope you're fired after the show. Uh, in 2013, Luke, at the age of 33, we all remember George St. Pierre abruptly retiring following a split decision win over Johnny Hendricks, UFC 167 Vegas, citing fatigue and drug testing issues amid a largely cryptic explanation that I still don't really understand. GSP would sit out four full years and then you know what happened next. Okay, but considering Luke, an alternate world in which GSP doesn't retire after that beating he took against Hendricks in the split decision, and Dana does convince him to get back on the horse and fight it out, I'm gonna give you a year and a half and three fights. Who would, G who would GSP have fought next in succession and what would have been the most likely result in each one? Had he not retired? In 2013, his 12th consecutive win over was the Hendricks win. So if he had stayed there and not given the belt back, number one, there would have been an automatic rematch because most, I won't say most, a lot of people thought Hendricks won that fight, number one. That's the first thing I'd say. So two more, right? After that, going to be Lawler. 
Lawler put himself right back in the top of that division. Okay, so who wins the rematch then with with Hendricks? You got to do this in order here. You got you got to tell us. Well, what once happens. he gets in there, it changes the whole time. But this is an alternate universe that you are in control of. So what happens? What is the uh, most likely scenario? GSP wins the rematch again. Like a by split decision. Like a, yeah, it's super close again, but he makes a couple of adjustments. And then he and doesn't get CTE, doesn't, you know, like he's... Well, I mean, he was pretty beat up. I yeah. mean, the thing is, he didn't have the CTE issue as much as he had just, like, total burnout. Yeah. Um, so then Lawler. So if he beats Hendricks Woodley, in the actually, rematch, yeah. dude, he may empty it out, though. This, like, he may empty it out. Yeah, but I thought I had to give you three Like fights. Roy Jones against Tarver, you know what I mean? Like, the first time where he got the win, but he had to use everything he but had. that was the case with the first one. He was not... Actually, you know what? You know what? If there would have been a rematch, maybe Hendricks would have won because GSP retired... Or left the game. Okay, you got to rewrite hands and knees. Then this is the choose your own adventure. Okay, so he stays. He is overwhelmed. Talent for talent, I pick GSP. But the condition he was in at that time, I guess I would actually pick Hendricks. Then Hendricks goes against Lawler, and I forget. So so where where does GSP then go in the second fight if he loses the Hendricks rematch? He would have to get one rematch. Does he go? Does he go celebrity fight? Does he go Anderson Silva? Where where is he going? That might be the Anderson Silva. Yeah, he probably might. I don't know if UFC makes it because all the reasons UFC never made it. Yeah, but if he had already lost and wasn't the bell holder, now he's like just... He probably would have taken one or two more and then left. That's right. Okay, so would he have beaten Anderson Silva in that condition? Yes. Yes. Even with the wrestling, he still would have done it. Yes. So then you get one more, man. You could... God, is Connor ready? I mean, you could do some big business. Totally. You could have done a lot of different things, but the way he did it, it ended up the way he did it, I suppose. All right, Luke, you have one more spin. It could be boring like that one or it could be spectacular. You know, we don't rig it for a reason, okay? Like the big rig Johnny Hendricks. Keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, man, all those J. Aaron possibilities, and we don't even get one. Take your fucking mic off, bitch. Luke, we have had a lot of fun. He's like, I shaved for this. We have had a lot of fun at your expense over the years. Yes, you have. Uh, Reliving the UFC 214 nightmare in Los Angeles. Yes. 2017's most egregious send to hell by an athlete to journalist when John Bones Jones left you in more peril than when he choked Leona Machida lifeless and dropped the body as oh, the eyes quite rolled as much back peril in the as head. That, yes. But Luke, imagine this were a movie and you could go back and relive that moment. And I know we've talked about this in some lane in the past of like, you know, your, your long-term reaction to it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your in-the-moment reaction. Yeah. Sometimes people in that moment think Larry Merchant against Floyd Mayweather after the Victor Ortiz knockout, where Mayweather's like, you don't know shit about boxing. HBO should fire you. And Larry Merchant... I would kick your yeah, ass. Yeah, if I was 50 years younger, I would kick your... I mean, that is... I mean, obviously, it's an old guy saying they're not going to fight. Like, it, yeah. So, of course, you can have big balls. But that was quick, and that was cutting, and that was fun. I know, but Floyd was like, you wouldn't do shit. He's right, he wouldn't do shit. No, but like, he battled back to win that that little meme moment back and forth. If you could go back in time, what would be your response in the moment that could have won that back for you? What What do you wish you could have said? You could have tried to play the dozens with him. One thing I thought of, the reason why it was as bad as it was, one was John was obviously pretty adamant about it, but the other part was I was... I only asked the question because I thought we were on good terms, and I didn't know at the time we were on bad terms. So partly I would have just never asked it, but you're asking, I've, I've already committed, and now we're waiting for the response. He gives what he gives, now what do I do, right? One would be to just sort of play the dozens with him and be like, you know, are you under the impression we're asking you questions because we like you? Like, we're, that's got nothing, what we, what we, who, who and what we like has nothing to do with it. The other one was, I should have, this is what I thought of when I left the building, because I was like, fuck. Again, I was caught unprepared. I was just like, what the fuck had just happened? I mean, look, you just got caught in it. Like, no, no, when people are dunking on you for this, it's not like 
it's not like you necessarily brought it upon no yourself, even though you did ask it in like this kind of snooty tone. But like, whatever, you're you're doing your job. I did not ask it. In a you didn't tone. deserve stop, to stop, get. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I did not ask that question in a snooty tone. If anything, it was a layup of all layups. I'm saying I have asked similar questions, and you have to have a snooty tone to ask that if you're just going to straight up ask it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that's. I'm right. not saying you were nefarious. Here's what I should have done. I should have immediately pivoted to getting Cormier to talk about his fucked up 20s. Okay, so I get That's what I, I get done. the damage control because you're taking this uh, with like a actual response and giving it the good faith. I'm talking about what's the counter jab that you could have put in there that would have like, you could have had your moment. Oh, you mean I could have made some hooker joke about like, did you like all the hookers? And yeah, all the, it, with like a tell me how my ass tastes at the end. You don't yeah. ever think about- I don't about ever think about that. Spiking that ball right on that I don't ever. I don't ever think about that. I literally never think about that. But you don't, when you, the rare times you do, you don't have a, a moment in your mind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I told that guy. In retrospect, it was the canary in the coal mine for a lot of different, um, I'm almost grateful for it, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I wish it didn't happen the way that it happened, but the result of it was actually extremely illuminating, so I'm grateful for that. Like, like you've even been like, yo, Matt Hamill would have beat you in the rematch. That's why you ran from him. I mean, you, you know. Just you just want me to like say something <laughs> nasty and insulting, basically, right? Uh, that's his why li I his, li his life is a mess. That, no, we, we, we got there. We did it. You got five spins. You're out. You're, you're I, I can't believe I didn't have to do two shots of bullshit liquor. That could have gone in some. I mean, Luke, there was one. I don't even want to tell you because it's going to resurface one day. Yeah. But you know, talk about moral dilemma stuff. I mean, it would have put him in a very Listen, I'm not tough doing, position. I'm not doing the crying game on here. We're not doing that game. You ever seen that movie? No. You've never seen the crying I've game? I've never seen it. And I never even heard of Daddy Janky. You never heard of Gasolina? No, dude. I, I, it's uh, a song called Gasolina where he basically talks about just like just spraying jizz on it. I know this presents a scenario as, I'm not even doing a as if I'm looking about. down on your shit. I just don't. Your shit's not even in this area. You know what I mean? No. It, you know, I'm like, I don't have any room in my brain for minorities. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, you know, but, yeah. Okay. I was going to talk about, about vinyl records. Nobody wants to hear that. No, but. we should do fan subs. Yeah, you know, we should. I, I should cue them up right now. Why don't you uh, introduce the segment? This is where you guys send us uh, your half-baked MS art clips, and we roast them. Morningcombat at gmail.com. Fan submissions. No, oh, I, it's where I the fans think... submit art. They submit pictures of themselves in our gear. I don't think I have this. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> this is great. This is great producing. Um, this is only the part of the show you're in most look, control of. Look, can't you, while I'm finding it, I'm calling it up now. Can't you just like, you know, do a little song and dance, do something, you know? I'm silently judging you. Not so silently. Okay, here we go. Oh, I'm in it. I'm in it you now. Got it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. From first from Tyler. Yo, I got it. I'm here. I'm all here. right. All right. From Tyler, uh, Tyler from the 412 here again. I was absolutely cracking up while you two discussed Sean Strickland nonchalantly telling another grown man. He would wrap him. I think there was an E on the end in jail. I got an exclusive photo of Strickland and Kevin Holland on the inside. I also thought Casey O'Neill did a great job of channeling Luke when he sees poor cable management. On an unrelated note, RJ Grundlemaker gets some big and tall merch for fat fucks like me, question mark. Yeah, this is a very ordinary Photoshop. I think it was his way to use this segment oh, here we go. for what it's worth. To when Luke sees poor cable management, if you want me to be the bad guy, then fuck you. I'll be the fucking bad guy. Stop booing me. That's basically That's correct. fair. That's fair, that's yeah. That's that, that's, you know, it's good Photoshopping. Space. That's better. That's, that's got some better. humor on it. Is there any more from this guy? 
Just the two. Those are the two. All right. Well, let's go to Max. He says, hi, Donk Nation. Here I am in the Canadian Arctic on a Northern Lights photo expedition oh, while wearing my MK toke. Toki? Toke? I know we've been through this, you know. As the Canadians call it, it was minus 50 degrees, and while it may look like I'm about to invade the capital, in reality, that look is a fruitless attempt at keeping my face from freezing. With Luke's camera equipment and ungloved hands, he would probably be able to take some pretty badass photos up here. BC being the delicious, delicate flower that he is, I added delicious, sorry, uh, would more than likely not last five minutes before running inside for warmth. Man, they're just coming for me in this segment, Luke. I mean, it's just unbridled passion. It has somehow turned into another dead wrong for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. All right. So, uh, Luke, have you seen, you know, have you ever passion to want to go out and see that Aurora Borales? What, what gibberish did you just vomit? <laughs> Them Northern Lights, Biatch. What did you call them? Uh, Aurora, Ori, Aurora Borealis. Oh, that's right. That's I mean, I, right. I got, you know, come on. Aurora Borealis, yes. Sagan, right? That's my shit, right? <laughs> it's kind of the bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you keep going, please? All right. Uh, that'll do that one. Hey, Caesar from Chicago here, just rocking the factory you town. Max. Did I skip Max? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that was Max. Never mind. You got it right. I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. Sorry. Is he just trying to show off his... Uh, yeah, I mean, that he's, he's, just, been he's the just in there, you know, and potentially buying T-shirts three sizes. <laughs> All right, this is C Caesar, Caesar F. from Chicago. Cesar. Cesar. Uh, he's rocking the factory town line for his main guy, BC, with the BDE. I'm Mexican, so I also had to snag one of those drug rugs. No way I'm letting BC take everything my people worked for. I'll be going... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'll be going to Mexico soon, so I'll send in a submission when I go. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Keep up the dad jokes. Dude, these, these messages that they, we, we read from the viewers, it's like reading rap lyrics. <laughs> it's like, you can say the N-word. We can't. Yeah, all right. Let's go to Michael here. Uh, having listened co-host to a, having likened co-host to a clown last week, it was good to see <laughs> him get a win this week. BC, may all of your former Soviet states remain independent. <laughs> I don't even know where we are. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that me as the Scorpions drummer? Oh. It's definitely not the Def Leppard drummer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, that... <laughs> wow. Wow. normally I'm willing to take that chance. I don't know if I'm going to take it that way. Wow, okay. Let's go over to Jeffrey. My girlfriend, Anastasia, made me a part of MK's exclusive club of folks whose... Don't fuck? whose significant others bought them merch. Over the weekend, I flew to Minneapolis to compete. It's like, dude, this guy like joined a club for virgins, then wore our gear to it. <laughs> he flew to Austin for the uh, marathon, and he's sporting MK gear afterwards with his fellow Minnesotans who also ran the race. During the race, I saw a spectator sign that read BDE, and of course, thought of you guys. I've been a huge fan of Luke since the promotional malpractice days. And Brian, when you seemed goofy as hell, you were brought on the MMA beat. Yeah, that, that's true, because I was coming for that J6 style. I don't mean politically, I mean with that passion and feel, Luke. <laughs> P.S. Maybe don't say the names of those shows I mentioned from Luke's Vox Media Days. It seems he seems to be in a bad mood lately. Okay, there you go. Thank you. That's okay. You can name them. Uh, Big Bear says, hey, here's a video of my son Alexander saying our favorite chant, though he does trail at the end, trail off, just like BC's attention span is known to do. Wow, okay. 
we can't hear him. So what's he saying? That's what I'm talking about. MK all day on that ass. Very nice. Thank you, Big Bear. You're raising them right. Thank you. Correct. Okay. Uh, this is Arjun coming in. Hey, Luke and BC, congrats on the award. You and your staff truly deserve it. Thanks for all the content. I made a small illustration of you two to show my gratitude. Much love and God bless. Luke, this man made this. This he artist. Did, he did a good job with the tattoo, but one, my bicep's not that big, number one. And number two. Oh, oh don't, don't you dare Mr. Heboss this shit. Hold Luke, on. Don't you dare. Don't I look like Jorge Masvidal went into uh, witness protection? <laughs> and what do they call him now, Joey? Yeah, and now they call him. Joseph Matthews? Yes, yeah, yeah now he's uh, Thomas Rivers or whatever the fuck. Um, a I little mean, bit, right? A little bit. I look like Jorge Masvidal in witness protection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that I think while I don't want to go back, Luke, to the bomb shelter days when we had like that fake Amanda Nunes and fake Deontay Wilder body on there, I would like to see this this guy's art spread across that wall right there. Can we show that wall that have the amazing posters from Web Scream? Luke, I know that'll crowd it, but I want that I want that that thing in the background. You know what I mean? I want that. Hey, we got ladders in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll have a decorating meeting later. Thank you. Look, you have to be happy that they brought some of your personality to this. I am very Finally. I am very happy. Okay, uh, Alexander says, a fanny pack-centered fan sub here. I don't typically buy merch, but fanny packs are incredibly useful for carrying film, cameras, and gas station food, so I couldn't say no. People are always staring at my crotch anyway, so what a great opportunity to advertise one of the best shows, Alex K. He's got a whole little how-to in this bitch. Buckingham Palace. Now, Luke, is he pulling that off, though? And I love the passion for our show that he's showing right now. But unlike you trying that European black man bag at the Indians game, Kike Barty, we went to? At the Indians game? Motherfucker, I wear that all over vacation. I wore it every day. Yeah, I wear it every that, time I go out, I that's, wear it. A, that's a little dicey. That's a little, it's a little... I, dude, my bona fides from masculinity are locked okay, in so stone. Okay, who's, so who's pulling it off more? Alex here in public with the MK White? Fanny pack? No, I got one. I got one uh, that is uh, from Chrome, which is this cool little like bag and uh, uh, jacket company. And uh, dude, I can put diapers in there for my baby daughter. <laughs> I put motherfucking hand sanitizer, gym locker. I got my motherfucking yeah. vaccine records. I got my phone. I got my wallet. I got my weed. I got my gummies. I got my Delta Eight. I got my. <laughs> I got my nasal spray. I got my motherfucking thing to get back into the parking lot. I got all kinds of shit up in there. You got any room for condoms in there? Even more Delta 8? <laughs> Don't know. Never used them, right? That's, that's the old Willie Nelson half-baked joke. That's right. right. Raw diggity dog. All right. A right, uh, couple more here for I'm you. I'm married. This person is called Young Thick. Hello, Luke and BC. It's Frank again. When I saw Luke... I like how they're like, hey, it's Steve again. We don't know you. <laughs> when I saw Luke flexing his vape and his energy drink while watching the latest episode of MK in the middle of art class... Your average emo ninth grader at 7 a.m. on... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, that's that, actually pretty good. That's a, that's it's an odd good. flex, but I will take it. Okay. It wasn't, dude. I don't flex anymore. I don't know what's cool. <laughs> I don't pretend to know what's cool. I don't give a shit. What Yo, you're, you're flexing cool. almost at like Bruce Buffer levels levels of I want like, like this. no self awareness. You know, like it's it's uh, it's a big part of your charm, Luke. Okay. Uh, two more here. Uh, one from Will. That's all it says. What, what do you got, Will? What is this? Can you blow it up. BC, these donks are killing me. I think I need another 17-week vacation. <laughs> I went 10 days, you ingrates. 
Luke, we only work two hours a day. <laughs> By the way, these are real conversations that go on behind the scenes of the show. It's great. Uh, that was well played there, Will. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not a funny joke. It's a funny yeah, joke. Yeah, who wrote Did I write that? No, that was from Will. Uh, we closed with Scott L. Here's a short video I made for the show. Hope Luke and Brian get a laugh. Keep up the great work. You're a boxer? Damn right. Look at that. You look hungover. <laughs> Were you drinking wine with Paulo Costa and I? Just oh loved. no, that is that kid. That's not even. That's not I even. mean, just the biggest douchebag. <laughs> I hate me too. <laughs> See, that does look like me. That doesn't look like you at all. Luke. Also, I have no tattoos, which you're not that big, and neither am I. Yo, I got a factory-ready beard right there. That's great. <laughs> yo, use that jab, BC. Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Yo, but he'll take it. Look, yo, he'll take that. Yo, Keep BC, coming. very much on the defensive here. Let's see what happens. Yo, oh, 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 just shit, oh. His pants. <laughs> shit his pants. Yo, I think I was. Using, oh shit! I was using that beard as a weapon, yo. Okay. You and Kim. Oh. oh. Yo, he's got no like business. A yo, to he's got bread. no business getting up. But watch. Look at that. Watch to this the guy. Bread basket. Yo, bro. but watch this guy. Bread basket. Watch this guy get up. Watch this, Luke. You gonna get up like Tyson Fury? Watch this. We may go down. Okay. Oh no! <laughs> I win. That's it. Oh, they cut off the video. We don't know what happened next. We huh? go down and stay down. The Brian Campbell story. Oh, been down since day one. Yes. All right. That's all the fan subs we got this week. Uh, wow, that was, a, that was a, train, well, a wild train ride. It's like when you go to like your daughter, you know, like the local county fair when like they set it up in the back of like a, a cabbage hands guy's car. And then like, you know, you're like, if I put my daughter on that, she might not come back. You know what I mean? You ever been on one of those and it got a little? No. So only like six feet off the ground, but it got a little edgy, you know? You're the guy who goes to Disney to see the uh fucking banjo bears. I mean, the worst choice. Yo, Frontierland is the, the worst shit, choice no. of how to spend your time. No, in that, that area is badass. Yo, you ever get that full turkey leg on the stick? I never did that, did you? No, I'm not Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> Do you think they have Southerners who have ate the whole thing in one sitting? Oh, yeah. There's some fat motherfuckers who roll up in there, bro. But yeah, it's expensive. They, but they may—they need to give you that big ass turkey leg, the fucking arm and a leg to go to that. Place. Luke, um, our MK Southern fans deserve enough respect not to just just pile on them like that, you know. As someone who grew up in the South, I intend to <laughs> demean the South the rest of my life. I, int I intend to. I know all your secrets and you're terrible people. Okay. Uh, we'll be filming a, another resume review soon. So we we'll are. See what happens with that? I'm yep. Excited in this building, in That's this right. place right here. Yep. We're going to be doing a resume review. We're going to be doing some. Other previews to get ready for, and uh, some other stuff we're going to Oh, be you want to bring on Jay to ask about his next musical project? Who cares? I mean, just, uh, I mean, who could care less? Not me. Uh, there you see us on social. You can follow us everywhere. Um, you can go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can bounce. Morningcombat at gmail.com for dead wrongs on Friday. Otherwise, to reach the show. What else, BC? Um, Where are we going to put this? And put it on your side or mine? I don't really care. Yo, I'm, 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 I'm you might, I might. have to move stuff on yours though, because we can't put it. No, this got to be on your side, okay? Think so? Yeah. All right. Or maybe we just build an altar for it or something. Yeah. Luke, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for us. Yo, we could win that other one though too, if, if people yes, care. Yes. Podcast or sports podcast awards. Yeah. Dot com. Dot com. There it is. Sports podcast awards. You gotta like type a couple things, but you don't have to give any information like love a legit note, okay? I don't need your social security number there, but if you care about voting for it, that's cool. Yeah. That's it for us. Unless you're just a big aerial Can head. Can we go? All right? Can we go? Yeah, we should go. Okay. You know why there's no other shows as good as this show? Huh? Because no one else is willing to take that risk. All right. For Mr. Delta 8 to my left, uh, Mr. Delta 10, we have to go. I want to thank Malka. I want to thank 
CBS, want to thank Showtime, just pointing in random directions at this point. Uh, that's Brian. I'm Luke. We have a lot more to record. It'll be out in the coming weeks, so Yo, until then. How nervous were you if the wheel came up named the staff? <laughs> petrified. Couldn't do it if my life depended on it. All right, and with that, I thank you all so much for watching. May all of your gains be loyal.